You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Everybody, hey, well, baby, welcome back to the Ked Tucked Podcast. I'm your host, Tuck. Like every week, I feel good. Do you feel good? I just deadlifted for the first time in six months, and it was beautiful. My hands are very weak, though. Um, it was difficult, but I'm trying. Don't forget back day, people, just like we don't forget leg day. All right. Enough about lifting. This show's going to be a doozy. I hope you're excited. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to our Twitch stream last week um, or any of the chats that myself and the boys had. Being with my friends, it was great. It completely lifted my spirit. Watching the comments, seeing the reception to new songs, it was all beautiful. I say this often, but I truly never really imagined anything I put out with my friends would do anything like this um we've gotten such insane support and it really lift really really means the world um we're close to a million monthly listeners on spotify now locked in my head is number 38 on the billboard top 40 and you are all amazing it's because of you that we can feel this fulfilled and music truly is nothing without great support. So thank you. I hope that that didn't come off as gloating. It's just weird for people in a metalcore band to be like seeing this kind of reception. So thank you very much. This Friday, our new album, The Path, will be released. Um, I hope you're all excited. I am. It is my favorite Fit for a King record. It has everything that I want in an album of ours. Please pre-order it, pre-download, or buy a vinyl. With us not being able to tour, it's a really, really nice to see the comments and see the growth of the record and get to keep up with you all, especially the lovely people on Reddit Core um, who hated us until uh, the live stream. But thank you. Appreciate your honesty. Um, if you can, we would really appreciate your support. So go and check it out. And hopefully we will have the biggest first week of our career. Um, but all right. You pansy-ass cornballs! This week on the show, we have Travis Tabron. Travis is an incredible vocalist and performed two albums with the band Varials. Um, We chat about his influences, why he turned down a Fit for a King tour in the past, why he didn't love touring, and what he may be releasing in the future. I hope you all enjoy it. I certainly did. So here we go. My chat with Travis Tabron. Close the stretches, for the eyes and my eyes can see. I'm 
and not you. Or someone else All right, dude, here we fucking go. <laughs> We're diving right back into this motherfucker. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, <clears throat> great thank you for your fucking patience for everyone listening i'm an old piece of shit and i'm really terrible when it comes to technology and like even the smallest things are difficult for me so i had some technical difficulty and travis let us wait like an hour because i'm stupid but here we go it's all good man don't even sweat it all right dude thanks for doing the show i saw that you wanted to talk some shit and i'm ready to talk some shit dude this is this is what i do so i'm fucking Stoked to have you, or stoked that you're having me on. Um, I just love this kind of shit, man. Of course. Before we dive in, as I ask every week, are you fucking ready to get tucked? <laughs> get fucking tucked, dude. <laughs> yeah, the only time I don't say it is if it's like a lady I'm interviewing, because then I feel really pervy and weird. Where it's like, mm, oh. <laughs> See, that's good, though. That's self-aware. Trying. I mean, when you're like a creepy, graying, bald man, like you probably should like try not to be as much of a creep as you already look like. See, here's the thing, though. Like, I was thinking about this. I only know like like four people that are bald. But the four people that I know that are bald, that shit looks great on them. And like, I know what you look like, bro. Like, bald is a good look for you. Thank you. I I I embrace it and I don't mind it. I'm glad my parents didn't like drop me on my head and make me all lumpy and shit. So Oh, dude, I'm see lucky. that's that would exactly be what happens to me. If I shave my head, dude, it's it's just not good. Feel around for some of those spots before you go and do it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude, trust me, I know where they're at. It's just not happening for me. Now, when I was younger, when I was like 18 or so i pulled a britney spears after i got dumped and i was like <laughs> no. and then i was like oh all right like this kind of works like i don't mind um, <laughs> and then once my hair actually started to fall out in my 20s i was like fuck this shit i'm done like Dude, I, I joined the band in that first overhead picture like after you've gotten all sweaty and shit and then somebody from mm-hmm. the balcony snakes a peek and then you're like Fucking Christ, like I am losing so much of my hair. I look like shit. That's dude. Terrible. <laughs> I remember once when I was oh my god, dude, I must have been like like 13 or 14 or something like that. And I was just fucking off in school and I was just getting in trouble for talking shit back to teachers and shit. My one thing that I I had like this crazy freaking puffy like afro thing going on because my hair used to be super curly when i was younger nice and that was my shit and my my stepdad literally shaved that motherfucker off because i kept acting up <laughs> dude that you that can't was have your hair if you're gonna be a bad boy <laughs> that was the moment that i realized that it's just not for me man it's just not for me yeah you well you've got do you have your hair like relaxed or something because it looks like you've got more of like a quaff looking ass thing yeah it's I don't, I don't relax it but like i don't know man like like it's it's hard to explain dude because when it's shorter than like in like uh i guess like when it's shorter than like an inch and a half or shorter than like two inches it's pretty chill like it, cool. it gets a little bit of volume it does its thing it's kind of easy to manage but then there's like a moment somewhere in there where it just clicks and the shit just goes straight out up into the air. Like if I don't have a hat on, which like I have a hat on right now and I'm in my own crib, dude. And that's just because I haven't had a, a haircut 
in can't well i guess you can get your hair cut now right but you can't like see i don't have any hair in my head so i can't go anywhere and get a beard (laughs) trim and shit because you got to wear the mask so oh i didn't even think about that yeah you can go get a haircut though if you wear the mask see Um, that's my problem though is i'm just fucking lazy like i'd rather sit around play call of duty and just Get high and talk shit on a podcast. See, I got my lady started trimming my beard, and honestly, she's done a great job. So maybe, you know, nice. you put some scissors in your partner's hair and have them get it done. See, <laughs> there's already an issue with that because my girl actually went to cosmetology school. And uh, the best part about it, actually the worst part about it, is that she's good at what she does. But I am, according to her, like the worst uh, client of all time. You're just very particular. Apparently so. And I, I believe it. I'm a dickhead, so I believe it. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what the purpose of being here is, to be a dickhead and to just tell some people that they suck. Is there any band in particular off the top of your head that you're just like, man, fuck that band. I don't like Oh, them. dude. It- is am I allowed to just <laughs> I mean here's the thing every week on the show I do deliberately talk shit but more particularly as a joke to my friends but at the same time this is an open fucking forum and we do speak openly on people that I think are whack um, that's that sounds like my cup of tea. All right, I mean because uh... I think it's you know as much as it stirs the pot, it's also like. You know, you can't have a conversation about Johnny Craig, and I'm just going to be like, "Well, he's, you know, it's it's whatever." I'm be like, "Yeah, yeah. like you know, that guy sucks." Like, yeah, he but, does fucking suck. Like, you know. home homeboy. Here, here's like my thing. Like, I got the. I'm waiting for a fourth right now because I got three of the horsemen, but I need one more to block me. I'm blocked by Craig. I'm blocked by Craig Mabbit. I'm blocked by uh, Ronnie Radke. So I just need one more. To complete the tri- or the the quad of fucking dickhead singers, because I I don't I don't fucking know. You know, like, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this like a week or so ago. Johnny Craig's voice is so fucking good, so good, but he's the worst. Uh, yeah, and you know what, man, it stinks because I've seen him live quite a few times too. Like my old local bands, you know, sell tickets and open for Emerosa or Dance Gavin Dance or whatever. Oh, I like, loved Emerosa. Dude, it was so good. And he would absolutely crush it. Um, oh, yeah. And oh, he I- was pretty nice. Like one time we opened for uh, Emerosa and he like came up to me and said that I sang well. And I was like, holy shit, like that was really nice. See, but that shit is dope. You know, like, and then you just don't know where across the line, of, you know, but you, it's drugs. It's fucking heroin. That's what it yeah, is. It may, you know, and so maybe, you know, at his core, he's not as bad, but, you know, yeah. as and that's, Glass that's Jaw would like things, to say, man. all good junkies go to heaven. Um, yes. But, you know, yes. we'll like, see. Dude, I, got, I got hella friends. I got, a, I got a few. I got a few that have dealt with that, that exact same issue, that exact same drug issue. And I'm very proud to say that, like, like I, I don't, don't quote me on the statistics, but I know that the numbers of people that are able to drop it and never come back to it after a certain period of time, I know that the stats on it are super low. Like it's a super low percentage of it. But the three people that I know that have that have dealt with that started dealing with that when they were like 16, 17, which is yep. super young for that. Dude, they're they're clean for like 10, 12 years, and it's That's crazy, awesome. man. Yeah, I know a few as well, and you know, of course, I think everyone knows someone who's uh, passed away from it at this point. But uh, I'm glad oh, to yeah. see that people are becoming more aware and trying to 
get away from it. I think after like a peak like that, where for a while it just seemed like everyone was dropping like flies. Yeah, um, dude, it's scary. Yeah, it's intense shit. But um, that's why I just smoke pot and yes. um, don't do real drugs because yeah, no, I, I like, dude, weed is enough. Yeah, you know, I had my time when I was younger and I partied and I did, you know, stuff here and there. But I was yeah. never even, I guess when I was in high school, I was straight edge or whatever. Because, you know, how many kids Ooh. in high school are fucking straight edge? I was like, <laughs> girl pants wearing dashboard confessional loving straight edge. and uh, Dude, I was two out of three of those. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was very fun. I enjoyed my time. But just... You know, when I, like, even if I'd get, like, a surgery or something like that, because I've had, like, some procedures on my ears and my feet and shit, mm -hmm. I just wouldn't take pills because I was like, that just sounds like a bad idea. Um, oh, yeah. And then just when I started partying, that was just, I just liked the uppers and fun shit and psychedelics, and I didn't mm -hmm. like, I was like, why would I want to go down? I don't want to go down. Yeah. I want to go up. Take me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But exactly. I'm more like, of a maniac anyway. So. Yeah, dude. Like, I, me personally, like, I don't know. Like, there's there's a few things that I've done that I did it, and I was like, this sucks. This is boring. I don't even enjoy it. This, this is. It, I would much rather spend my money in a better place. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like frozen yogurt, dude. Or a guitar, dude. Or a bacon egg and cheese sandwich. Oh, oh dude, I just got one, and it's I great. I miss. I miss. Like, I don't miss real bacon that much because Are I don't you a eat vegan. Meat. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not vegan. I'm vet. Uh, I can, actually, I'm a poser. I'm a pescatarian. Okay. I, yeah, fish I, is I good eat though. Hell of fish. That's cool. That's but healthy. I miss fucking scrapple, dude. It's you ever you have know, that shit? I haven't. I haven't. Oh man, what the fuck is a scrapple, dude? It's gonna sound awful, but it's literally like all the disgusting parts of a pig mashed up into a fucking like patty like a rectangle Ooh. patty and then that you just put it on the fucking skillet you fry it up a little bit dude it's incredible dude you know what after people like go to england and eat like blood pudding or whatever and shit that doesn't what sound the fuck is that it's like uh it's like coagulated blood and shit like cooked up it's disgusting you know that sounds you know foul. the grossest thing i had on tour it, you know, it was pretty fucking weird. I went to, you know, right when we got to Japan, um, the we were going to play a show with Crystal Lake, and they took us out to eat. And one of the guys dared me to eat, like, a raw, one of those mini squids in squid ink. And, you know, you eat it whole and just, yeah, that motherfucker popped in my mouth. Um, Dude, I would eat the shit out of that. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's just the texture that's weird, but... It how did the ink taste? Oh, I love squid ink. Squid ink is fucking delicious. Really? And if you have ever, never had squid ink pasta, squid ink risotto, it's fantastic. You got to do it. If you go to a restaurant and you ever see it, get it. Otherwise, try to look up a recipe and find a, make, find a way to make it. Hard part is just getting squid ink on the market. Yeah, so, that sounds fucking badass. Oh, it's absolutely delicious. It's like I used to work at um, this like Mediterranean restaurant, and we would serve it every now and again. And it was one of those things. I was like, oh, I have to take this home tonight. This is fantastic, Damn. dude. The only badass restaurant I worked at was uh, before I stopped eating meat. I worked at this steakhouse in Philadelphia called Barkley Prime, and we were like the number, I think number two, number two steakhouse in the country. Dude, we would have freaking Sick. Wagyu uh, like cheese steaks oh. with Kobe beef and all this other shit. And like, the che dude, they have a yes. cheese stick there that is $110. That's and insane. I, what kind I of cut is it not, with Wagyu beef? 
Yeah, it's all That's Wagyu, sick. but it's also got a. Oh my god, what's that fucking kind of tr- uh, truffle cheese or truffle butter oh, or some yeah. shit like that on it too? Oh, like, yeah. dude, that I hate to say it, but like that motherfucker tastes like a hundred and ten dollars. Oh yeah, we had dude. It, there is some food out there that's like that, and we uh when we were just resigned to Solid State again, and we were in the studio, and Brandon, the owner, like finally like flew out to like listen to some demos and hang out, nice. and he took us to a steakhouse where we were eating like insane like this is a wagyu from this part of <laughs> Japan, blah blah blah. Some of these cuts. It was insane, bro. The amount yeah, shit of money in your mouth, dude. Oh, dude, and we just racked up the bill like it was our own credit card. It was fucking amazing. Oh um, yeah, dude. When the yeah. company is paying, the company is fucking paying, dude. Oh, absolutely. It's the only way to be. You know, when you sign away <laughs> all of your fucking rights to your music, oh, and then you know, know, we actually, me and my my guys, we were, we were hanging out this past weekend. I went to Texas because we did that Twitch live stream, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we we sat down and I did the math on roughly what our songs have generated no, on Spotify versus what we've gotten. Don't do the math. And we were just like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, because it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, you could just take out a a bank loan and then like at least you get to own all your stuff at the end of the day." But um, I all things aside, I love Solid State Records. They're very nice to us. They have taken us out to a very expensive steak dinners. I'm a lucky dude. We have a fantastic deal. No real complaints here. But if See, you do the math. very happy. Like, that makes yeah. me very happy to know. Because I was not fucking satisfied with the oh. first, like, year and a half, two years of my deal. Yeah, the first deal sucked. And our first deal sucked, too. But I think that the problem is, you know, and when you look at labels, and, like, a good example of this is, like, Rise Records, Okay. So yeah. they go and they take 10 bands and they sign them all to like 1387 splits or 1585 yeah. splits or 360 deals, terrible deals, which most of us have all signed. And then they throw yep. them all against the wall and see who sticks. And then you get a sleeping with sirens and you're like, holy shit, this band Dude. is going to be fucking massive. And then that band Literally. generates so much money that it makes up for spending the 14 grand per record and 10k per you know section of music videos per band so by the time it recoups like they're like well we make it kind of even but that's because they take such massive risks all the fucking time so yes if they were a little more methodical with their bands you would think that it would be less of a risk but then also you see labels that don't sign a lot of bands and then the bands don't take off and the label doesn't take off so so here check this yeah. right this is this is something that i heard about 360 deals that completely changed my perspective on it because i feel like the entire stigma about it is like don't do it. It's awful. It's evil. And let's be real. On the surface, it sounds fucking evil, man. It sounds awful. Unless However, you pay off your bill fast. Yeah, unless you pay off the bill fast. Now, I can't remember where I saw this from, but it was it was. Some, I want to say it was somebody from like QC Music or something that who, who has like Lil Yachty or something like that. I want to say it was somebody in that world talking about 360. Maybe it was Akon, honestly. I think it was Akon. Akon was talking about 360 deals, and he was saying everyone wants doesn't want to sign a 360 because they don't want to give up all the money for all the different things that they do. It's like what they don't understand about a 360 deal is if you sign that and you give them a cut of your commercials and your jingles and whatever the hell else it is that you do, those people that work for you are going to go out there and find you those things. So instead of never getting a Sprite commercial, 
Now you got a whole team dedicated to getting you a $10 million Sprite commercial. And hey, you might only get three, but that's a $3 million you were never going to get without that 360 deal because they were never going to try and get it for you anyway. Oh, absolutely. I I never, ever thought about it that way. And like, granted, you don't want a 360 deal if you're going to do like a $50, like, I don't know, like a $50 Instagram promo, like, because then you're getting what, 12 bucks? Like, yeah. But if it's millions and shit, I can kind of understand it. It definitely, there is a, a point where all of those things do retain value, and that's why they've been able to be a thing for sure. Like, I can see if you're a massive artist, you have to either have the greatest, like, management and PR team on the planet, and if the that team is affiliated with the label and that's the way to go, then that's the way to go. Um, yeah. You know, I think bands in our scene, they get bummed about it because the reality is they're never going to get a lot of those things. And then their merch money is their primary source of income and they're still chipping away at that. Plus, they have to go and yeah. pay a percentage to, you know, management. And then also, you know, the guarantee percentage that went to, you know, booking agent stuff. So it fucks the small guy a lot more. But in the if you're a big guy, it definitely helps you a lot. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that first initial It's like the economy there, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that first grind, like that first portion of it is fucking yeah. rough. But, dude, but it pays off. At least in our, in our situation, it did. Where it does, like, man. You know, Solid State, you know, it comes from like a, a place of stigma, you know, because people are like, oh, Christian bands and blah 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 when <laughs> nobody's a, a real fucking christian band uh, anymore i mean like we you know definitely myself and the guys were like you know we're men of faith we like christianity but we're not out here like praise god on stage mm-hmm. and stuff okay and then mm-hmm. so a lot of bands because they've you know on my last episode i was talking to james from thousand below and he was like yeah the first label that approached us is solid state and Ooh. a lot of people that don't don't sign there because of the stigma, right? So it mm-hmm. stays its own little niche thing. But if you stay there and you're really loyal and you work really hard with them and it's a small team, so it's not like I have to deal with like four A&Rs and the president and a bunch of shit. Yeah. It's just like a text away and then I'm like, we're going to do this thing and it's great. Um, See, and then you get a good great. deal because you know your value and then they're not over flooded with 50 bands. So we can be like, well, this is what we're worth. So we're going to stay if we get this. If we don't get this, we're not going to stay. And then it works yeah, out. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And also to add on to the Christian band thing, when Four Today broke up, that era was donezo. Yes, 100%. And That was the um, last of the last. We played the last show. Um, Did you really? Yeah, in Texas with them. Um, and we, Let's you go. know, man, it's... They're such an interesting group to talk about because, you know, we have a history with them and I do care for those guys a lot. Like, the mm-hmm. dude that left that... He, like, threw a bomb out there right before he quit. Like, that was really unfortunate. And, like, he fucked over a lot of good men. Um, But also, like... The guitarist and bassist, actually. I've I've toured with them for about a week. Um, Yeah, with their their other other band, band. Nothing Left. Yeah. And they're sick. They're super fucking nice guys. They're the nicest people. Have you ever met Steve from Chelsea Grin? Oh, he's one of my favorite people. You know how he's just, like, insanely nice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the same exact energy I got from both of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really, really nice to hang out with the LaTrue brothers. Ryan and Brandon are really cool. And David, who played drums in Four Today, he plays in We Came as Romans now. And also, really nice guy, fucking PR genius, like, helping so many people all the time. Like, all Dude, good he was dudes. working for Varials, I think. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. 
yeah, he probably for yeah for the last release and probably currently mm-hmm. he works for so many bands and he's doing that advertising stuff and <laughs> killing it. Yeah, and if you're a small band listening to this, you too can work with David Puckett. He does not have a ceiling where he's like, no, like fuck your band. Go ahead, dude. And with, approach without him. a doubt, man. One um, of the uh, there's a band from Texas called Bloodline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dirkus's band. We just talked some shit yes. on them last week. Fuck yeah. Matt Dirkus two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Dirkus, if you're listening, literally fuck you. <laughs> I can't believe he came up two weeks in a row and I get to say fuck Matt Dirkus two Dude, weeks in a row. That's the so funniest great. part about Dirkus to me is like everyone's always known about him. I never ran into him until that tour ever. Like everyone's always said something to me about him, whether it be good, neutral, whatever. Oh, yeah. And I met the kid. Dude, he's so fucking funny. He's, he's so funny. Dude, I love him. And he talks shit like a motherfucker. Oh he can, I got to have him on the show at some point. because Dude, would, you right? have to. Yeah, you have to. He grills people, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely love him. But he put us on to, to Puckett. And, and it was oh, no fucking shit. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. And he, you know, all, I love all those guys. And it just, you know, all in all, to end the four today thing. It's a weird thing when people have their uh, personal beliefs out on public display, there's always mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people that have problems with it and you're going to make your market smaller. It's really oh, sick yeah. to see a band that was so niche get as big as they did. And without the, the if that one dude, Mike, never did the shit he did mm-hmm. and just left the band, that band was going to, you know, they were like getting as I lay dying big. They were getting fucking big. Um, yeah, it was weird how big know. they were getting, to be honest. You know what yeah. I mean? Good breakdowns, you know? Oh, my but, God, dude. The first time I ever cared about sweet picking was because of For Today. That was the first time I ever even cared about it. Like, I remember teaching myself how to sweet pick from that Agape song. Yeah. Like, dude, that fucking sick. incredible, man. Ryan Especially Shreds, for man. the time. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's sick as fuck. But... It's wild too because when I when I saw them or when I met them both with uh nothing left, when I met them both with uh nothing left, like they just surround themselves with solid musicians. Like, dude, the drummer is is oh, I think his Alex. name's Alex from yeah. Silent Planet. Like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck? He's crazy good. He's one of the best drummers in the scene for sure. Dude, I like, I never met him either. And then the first show that they hopped on the tour, like uh, I think Tyler from Gideon was like, yo. Have you ever seen like Alex play drums? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. He was like, dude, <laughs> follow me. And we watched the whole fucking set and I was blown away, dude. It's yeah. crazy. He's wild. When you watch him play a silent planet set too, it's so him and groovy and like in his pocket. It's really remarkable. I don't think I've dude, ever I seen the guy. I love that kind of shit. Throws in all these fun like stick clicks and stuff that are just mm-hmm. it's yeah, he's the shit. He's super good. That band is great live. Silent Planet is awesome. So we're Dude, just gonna I spend the next hour them. and a half talking about Christian bands because I know that's exactly <laughs> what you want to fucking do. Um which I don't think nothing left does that I don't think they have are like a quote unquote Christian band. And I love I that they sound so. like Advent, which is sick because I love Advent. I don't know. Oh my god. Heard. Yeah, that band's so yep. Um that yeah. was like the first one of the first HM two E sound bands that I ever fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah, band's so fucking good. Um Joe Mustin is an animal. And it's cool. Yep. Did you ever hear Beloved, which was their band before yeah. that? Yeah, band was great. Fucking amazing. Yeah, one of my favorites. But fuck all what those bands. What have you been bands. listening to? What Dude, have you what been listening I, okay. to now? <laughs> right now, what do I listen to? He just Honestly, ends it up with fuck all those bands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um 
I've been listening to the new Phoebe Bridgers record. Um, I really like that album a lot. I've been listening to this band Slaughter or um, Brand of Sacrifice. They're like mm. a Canadian kind of tech metalcore band. Um, so are you a are you a true metalcore head? Like, do you love metalcore? I do love metalcore. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say I was more of a scene kid. Um, That's like, fair. I my true love is like. Thursday, Glassjaw, AFI, you know, that kind of the stuff. The classics. Um, yeah, my my favorite band on the planet got canceled, so they can't be my favorite band anymore. And, oh, uh, who um, is it? Come on. It's Let brand me guess. new. Is it, is it, is it, oh, I was just about to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. Know, I can't. Uh, you know, understandable stuff. And then like, you know, like the starting line, like Kenny Vasoli was a huge influence for me, you know, PA represent, um, dude, real shit. Yeah. He was like one of those, like I wanted the ringer T and had it from Mm -hmm. the best of me video. I wanted to play like him. I wanted to look (laughs) like him. I wanted to sing like him and, you know, yeah, because he's incredible. Yeah. He was absolutely amazing. And one of the greatest songwriters of that time. And without a doubt, yeah, so the scene stuff really struck me because, you know, this is, I graduated in 07 mm-hmm. and, you know, throughout high school, so this is like probably like 2001, 2002, I start going to shows, I'm wearing my sister's pants and studded belts <laughs> and youth large shirts and shit and, yep. you know, I just the, the, the what, are, what were they called? The, the uh, they were like the slim tall, the tall tees or whatever. Or was that was that just when they were the slim fits back then? These back then were just the youth large tees. As like Damn. this was before the slims even came <laughs> out, man. This is like children clothing. Like Damn, dude. Yeah, it was insanely hilarious. Um, but bands used to tour selling youth medium, youth large, small, medium, large, extra large. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and you had to spend a lot on them because you had that many more extra sizes. It was bullshit. But um I loved it. It was scene galore. But then I did grow into metalcore with like Norma Jean and Beloved and dude, Between Norma the Barry Jean, one of me. my favorites, dude. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. That song, God. like that first record, is classic. I but I like a lot of the records. I'm you know I would say I'm a big fan of all of them. Like I, yeah, I, I've, I've I fell off of Norma Jean for honestly probably. Well, definitely the most of the entire time that I was in Varials. So that's like 2015 or 2014 yeah. to 2020. So that's about six years. And then I think I've actually fell off them around like 2012-ish. But somewhere around like 2019-ish, I ran through all those records I missed. Dude, what the fuck? They're still amazing. The newest record is unreal good. It's really, yeah. really fucking sick. They always have crazy riffs and are super innovative and... It's just if you if you like that band, you can consistently like every record because it's not like they stray too far from the path, but they actually exactly you know, they yeah. always deliver. Um, exactly, you know. But yeah, See, that that's kind of shit went me into it, and that's why right now's metalcore is so nice because it sounds like all the shit that I liked when I was graduating high school, all the fucking panic chords, and mm-hmm. you know whether it's like um, what's that band that Bloodbather just put out a new song the other day. Dude, it sounds like yeah. that. Um, this band I was talking about the other day, and Thirty Nights of Violence sounds like fucking Eighteen Visions. Like, dude, so, Thirty Nights is fucking insane insane band is fantastic have you ever seen them live no i wish i just heard about them like recently dude i've played with 30 nights (laughs) and chamber 
in Nashville at the end, like I think two times with both of them on the show. Shit is fucked up. Dude, Chamber's like 39th, great band. Yeah. Oh my god. First off, first too. off, Chamber is a is I've said this to every person in Chamber like 30 times. They're a musical fucking Rubik's Cube. That drummer. They're all oh. great. The guitar player blows my mind. But the drummer mm-hmm. is one of those. They're one of those bands that when you go to watch, and it's kind of like Silent Planet too, where you go to watch the band and you're like, I kind of just have to watch the drummer the whole time. Because oh yeah, dude Tay, I, I've told him a thousand times, he is the best drummer I know. I've never met a drummer better than him. I compare bands that are more popular than them to Tay. Like I any I can't fucking remember who it was, dude. It was so, oh, <laughs> actually, I was watching the Metallica video where Lars Ulrich is trying to track, like, do the motion tracking for a a guitar hero, and he can't fucking do it because he's trash. And uh, I literally look at it, and I look at my girlfriend, and I go, dude, Tay is literally so much better than Lars Ulrich. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, he's he's without a doubt. Him, Austin from Lorna Shore. Yeah, Austin's um, awesome. Dude, Austin is. We discussed up. getting him on the show as well. I'm gonna. Yo, you would love. You would absolutely love it. Like, no, you it know would, what? We so had the fun. we had the funniest first meeting ever. Where <laughs> we it was it was at uh, everyone. We were at Nam, but then we were at a show at Chain Reaction, um, and we go outside to smoke. And then I uh, I've never met the dude before, and the first thing he says to me is like, "Hey, like I think we're Eskimo Bros." <laughs> and I was just like, yes! And, and, and I was like, what's her name? And we, right on the money, we were both like, yep. And then we just had a great conversation. It was fantastic. See, that's that right there is speaks volumes about Austin's character. Because he's one of those dudes that keeps it a buck 100% of the time. I love it. It was great. Dude, I just couldn't. It's so real. Yeah. And, it, you know, what a like, fun way to start off. And also, like, you would think... A lot of people would be like, yo, I shouldn't say something like that because maybe this guy will be like a dickhead about it or whatever. And yeah, that yeah, just shows how he's just like a fun, nice, confident guy. And it's Dude, just he's down so to incredible. fucking be himself. Like you said, 100 all the day. Every day. Oh, yeah. Every um, fucking day, dude. But you know what? We're being too nice, dude. I want to talk shit. Okay. So, to start that, <laughs> fuck Jacob Lilly. If you listen to this, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> fuck your band. I know I just texted you because I said I wanted to have you on my show, but I don't. Fuck you. Fuck your band. Your record doesn't come out in October. Um, yeah, no one's going to listen to it, you pansy-ass motherfucker. Yeah, that's um, all. But who else can we talk some shit on? You know what's funny, though? I should, <laughs> I'm not going to divulge the name. But I did get a text from someone when, like, before we did the interview where they were like, yo, man, that guy talked mad shit about my band. And I was like, ah, Ooh. that's awesome. Let's see. Let me think. Let me think. I wonder if, if, I, talked, if I talked mad shit. Like, was it public You know, mad I shit? didn't. It was public. I wouldn't, you know, I shouldn't say it was mad shit. They said you talked shit. And then they, like, they, the person showed me a screenshot of something, which I found interesting. They but, still um, have a screenshot? I guess so. That's actually hysterical because, to be honest, I can't remember because I just talk shit so often. I'll hmm. tell you off air. If That's we, fair. If you don't guess it. Uh, if you can guess it, then I'll Was it, I'll was it last year? I don't know. Uh, was it on Twitter? Let me see. It, uh, yeah, it's on Twitter. Yeah, it's on Twitter? It was in the, no, it was in this year. Pop Punk Band? Oh, it was this year. Yeah. Hmm. What Pop Punk Band do you hate? Uh, I can't even remember their fucking name, dude. 
to be honest. There's some some fucking band. Ugh. I don't even fucking know, dude. Literally, fuck them. The kid looks like a fish. Like I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck his name is. To be honest. That's all yeah. Right. I don't know. No, fuck it, dude. If I if I talk shit on it, it probably sucks. Cause yeah. I don't even fucking like heavy music that much, bro. Like <laughs> that's what I kind of heard when I so I listened to your 100 Words or Less episode with Ray Harkins and uh, mm, which, shout out great up ep- great episode, great show. Ray is awesome, um, dude. He kicks ass. Yeah, I've been on that show myself. If you want to go and listen to it, people of the Let's Matrix. Go. But, um, yeah, he's awesome. So I'm going to try not to like really delve into the shit that he talked about too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool because that interview was right before you left the band. Um, oh, yes. So that kind of times out pretty well. Um, I would agree with you that I think that your band is pretty, pretty, pretty. They're much pretty boys, like you said. In that oh, episode. yeah. Very, 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 very yeah. handsome. Well-dressed, I dig. Um, it was. Yeah. I was just watching... Um, with Jared, we watched this like video on YouTube. It was like an online fest where it's like Casey Strain, you guys, I am Kublai Khan, and whoa, something. I don't know if you haven't seen it, I'll have to send it to you. It's really good. Yeah, but it was like a, cool. it was a like chunk of, of different videos put together. I forget what tour you guys were on. Um, do you want to talk about the varial shit? Have you like publicly said why you left the band? Do you want to? Oh, dude. <laughs> So it's what everybody I mean, I, asks you. Yeah, everybody does ask me, but like, there's just too many reasons to explain, man. Like, yeah. and and the thing is, is like, like, all right, here, let me. I feel like this is a good way, I, a, a good way where I could explain somewhat as to where it is right now between me and them. Um, there's there's been a few people that control a few very solid opportunities. Um, that reached out to me after all that shit popped off, asking questions about this one, that one, this one, them, whoever. And I defended the people that deserve defending in the band, regardless whether I want to be their friends or not. I, st- I still said, like, no, you should give this person that shot that you were going to give them. You should still work with that person, blah, 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 because that person is a good person or this person works very fucking hard. And this person is still very talented. Like I have, I was just saying this, I had one of my friends like last week, like when it comes to them, it's like people, people think that like, I want people to talk shit about them to me. And that's not the case. Like, I don't, I don't want people to come up to me and be like, yo, fuck them. Because I, that's what, what am I supposed to be like? Oh yeah, yeah. fuck them too. Like, what as am I supposed as, to do to that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As far as I took it publicly, I thought up until the only one recent, uh, you know, little Twitter thingy. Oh, the Black happened. Lives Matter T-shirt that was fake as fuck. Yeah, you know. Other than that, I thought you guys were in good standing. It seems like you and Matt are in good standing. Who is their fill-in um, for the last tour or whatever? Dude, you Matt is amazing. Great fucking guy, super nice, really, really mm-hmm. kind dude, great vocalist. So, yes, you know, I was I'm like, a, I'm okay. a big fan of him as a human being, dude. Big fan of him. And Hell I support yeah. the shit out of boundaries. Every single person in that band, fucking top notch people. He's great at what he does. They're all great at what they do. Yeah. Um, Everyone they just put out a new video, too, dude. Yeah, for Carve. Everyone listening, go watch Boundaries. The song is Carve. It's on YouTube. Fantastic. It's fucking man. incredible. All right, bitches. It is time for the mid-roll mother-effing mosh. 
And this week, I actually bring you breakdowns. Sorry for doing that to you last week, but I loved it. I threw you a curveball, and I hope you hit a homer. Um, thanks again to Glimmers and Maggie for allowing me to play that song. I love the glimmer of the morning dew on a beautiful plant. Speaking of plants, do you all know that Bobby from Fit for a King owns a plant shop? I love having plants in my windows and keeping the house looking lively. You can go to growplantshop.com and order one for yourself. They ship extremely well. I know this because I've purchased some. Go buy yourself, your mom, your dog, your best friend, anybody, maybe even the piccolo that's sitting on my desk, a fucking plant, and do it now. Growplantshop.com. Woo. Okay, everybody. This week's choice for the mid-roll mosh is Enemy by the band Dead Culture. Uh, I believe they're from Ohio. Um, featuring Tyler Shaletone of Traders. This was suggested to me on Facebook by Dylan Torre of Weeping Wounds. So shout out, Dylan. Um, fun fact, if you like Tyler's guest spot on this song, you can hire him to sing on your own song through FeaturedX.com. FeaturedX is a new collaborative platform to help you to work with your favorite singers, whether it be Ryan Kirby of Fit for a King, Spencer Charnas of Ice, of Ice Nine Kills, Dylan Torre of Weeping Wound, or Tyler Shelton of Traitors. All of them and over 200 more are just a click away. So go check it out, send them a song, and see what happens. Thanks, guys. Um, back to Dead Culture. I saw them on the flyer for Miss May I's last holiday show, so I've been slightly aware of them. Um, I like the guy's hair. I'm pretty jealous. I think the song is pretty damn sick. Uh, the dude has some serious vocals for sure. It's very heavy, very in your face, which I like. My only critique, and if you're listening, Dead Culture, this is it. You know, you gave me 30 seconds of techno, and you didn't, bring me a breakdown at the end and i really thought we were gonna get that ending big breakdown but uh it's okay i still really like the song um i'm sorry for critiquing you i shouldn't critique you it's not my place but i just like breakdowns i always want more breakdowns overall still a super beast of a track everyone should check out dead culture and follow them on instagram or twitter here we go this week's choice for the mid-roll mosh Enemy featuring Tyler Shelton by the band Dead Culture.
everything My life with the choices I made Where I've been seen Fucking with millions fucking incredible but uh, i'm i'm cool with him like i messaged him because like before before all that twitter shit popped off um i was talking to sean the drummer and i was like who are you guys thinking you guys are gonna like you know who's gonna be the new guy because i'm curious and it wasn't coming out of jealousy like i was genuinely curious bro because that's yeah that's interesting um and i wanted to know if it was going to be someone like similar my style or if it was going to be a complete switch because at that point in time for them, they had that opportunity to just take a step in a completely new di- uh, direction. Yeah. Um, and when he told me, he told me a couple options and there was one option that didn't end up working out that I thought would have been fucking insane. Um, you got to tell me off air. I'll definitely tell you off air, yeah. dude. I'll definitely tell you. Like if, if you've never, <sighs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it off air, but it's, it would have yeah. been fucking nuts. But then they told me um, that it may or may not be Matt. Like, we're not sure if it's going to be for the tour or forever or whatever. Um, I was like, dude, that's sick. Matt kicks fucking ass. Like, uh, one of the last couple of shows that we played before I bounced was with boundaries. Like we did like a little, like three, four day run with a man. And it was fucking awesome. Like, yeah, they're fucking so fun. Um, but I mean, like personally, dude, like just wasn't my shit. Like, I don't like, um, like, I'm not trying to say that we were, like, a huge band or, like, we were nearly as big as you guys because we weren't. Like, you guys were, you guys are, are way bigger than we ever. Like, you guys made it to places we never made it to or I never made it to. Um, but even at the level that we were at, you were there doing were certain very things. Well. 
Yeah, like we were we were definitely grinding for sure. But like you guys, the the first years are hard, and and that's the hardest part to get through is when there's not as much money. But the one thing that you guys had versus a, a million other bands was just a built-in brand that kids loved, and the the merch sold. And you guys were able to do some things that a lot of other bands I think would kill or or wish to have. Um, like I don't I don't understand that though, because like everyone always like I appreciate that, but like everyone always said that to me about how. Like our brand, our brand, our brand. And to me, it was like, dude, our brand is just saying what the fuck we want to say. Like our brand is just saying what like, and it's not like purposely looking to say the things that make people uncomfortable or purposely trying to find out what things nobody wants to say so that we can say them. We just said what we wanted to say because it was like either morally like how we felt or like... Like, I, I don't know, man. I think like, people... I, think, I feel like it was just 100% based on transparency. Well, and, and I think at a time, too, when, you know, people are aggressive, people are also really into, like, the, you know, printing style you guys were doing, the streetwear. You guys oh, were yeah, at the front sure. end of that, for sure. And, you know, you guys pulled it off in a very authentic way where it didn't, you know, you see Mitchell with a bag and you're like, all right, it looks pretty dope. Um, yeah. it's not that Dude, fucking we weird or out of sight so yeah. i think that's also part of you know what carried over for it you guys had a very you know fun unique brand that made everyone want to be into varials where i think I you know agree, you know when you I like agree. see a band name or you see something you're like nah i don't even want to listen to it fuck that band but then yeah. you see you know you guys would pop up and it's like well i'm at least gonna listen to it and yeah. you know like dude the merch was it was and the idea for the merch was simple <laughs> If we're not going to fucking wear it like comfortably in our free time, like choose to wear that when no one's around or when we're going out in public, not with the band, then we're not going to fucking print it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, no. it should look like some H&M. Like we all shopped at H&M and fucking PacSun and fucking Zoomies or ASOS or fucking wherever the fuck else is hot for streetwear type shit. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I, I usually just get my shit from thrift stores. But like if it didn't look like that, we didn't fucking want it. Exactly. And it was smart. It pulled, it like worked. So when you guys first started touring and plus you had like great tours to start off your career with like oh going out with God, the age war a bunch and shit, that you know, turning down me, fit dude. for a King tours, you know, dude. So here, so here's the, Ugh, thing. Here's the we don't thing. want to tour <laughs> with that band. So here's the thing. I was going to bring this up to you because I fucking thought that that happened before. I, oh, I yeah. Just, you guys turned us down. It was whatever you said. We don't want to tour with that, with bands, <laughs> with bands like that. And then you tour with Wage War for a year. Is that year. what we said? That's what we were told, that you guys said you didn't want to tour with bands like that. All right. So here, I'll keep it 100% because I ain't got nothing <laughs> to fucking lose, bro. I'll keep it 100%. The first fucking day, I remember chilling in my girlfriend's bedroom and our old manager, Avange, hits us yeah. with an email and it's talking about going on these tours with uh wage war because they're gonna pop off and they're gonna be big and it's gonna be a great opportunity and it's gonna open you to the market whatever and i watch i think it was i think it was the music video for stitch which now is my favorite song by them it's a great but i think i yeah it's so dude the riff too catchy bro too catchy oh yeah but but i remember i think i watched like dude literally like eight seconds like no more than like before maybe he didn't even get to the pick it up like i don't even know if i made it that far but i heard like the whispering parts and like the riff and i literally hit pause instantly and i just went right back to the chat and i was like no straight up no 
And they were like, uh, everyone else was like, eh, I don't know, maybe, maybe. And I was just like, yo, no, I don't want to do that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just had no, no care for it whatsoever. And then they were like, dude, but like, it's not, it's not bad. And I I was like, okay, uh, I guess I have to listen to the whole song then. So I listened to the whole song. And I try to like I try to do this thing with every single band where I don't trust bands on recordings alone. I just don't because it's so fucking easy to fake. Yeah, I only care about a band if they have proven that they're good live. Like if your band is trash live, I don't give a fuck if it sounds like it's a million dollar record, dude. I I literally could care less because I know you're not actually doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, and like that, dude, that shit carried over when it came to songwriting too. Like I never, I've made us like all agree that we would never ever do something on record that we couldn't replicate live because of that exact reason. Dude, you like, can replicate anything. You just got to have a MacBook, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we... <laughs> that was our favorite joke on tours. Like, when we would tour with bands with the MacBooks and shit, like, we would always be like, yo, what are the odds you just run up and unplug the MacBook, Dude, what are the odds? What are the odds? Yo, like, we, we wanted to do that to so me. Ooh, <sighs> oh, we're trust throwing me. chairs. We, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We would deserve to get our ass beat for Oh, that. man. You know what, though? Here's the great thing about Mac. He has no opinion... He's a one-time fee. He's great. He doesn't take up any space in the wagon. You know, it's a great situation, you know, so. He's a very supportive person. He's a supportive guy, you know. You need that member that just doesn't, you know, that they're pretty neutral about everything. Yeah, dude, he needs a workhorse. You know. Yeah, you know, it's a weird thing. When I first joined Fit and they did that, which was, you know, this is 2014. It's when the Mac, that's kind of starting to become a thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? Like, this is weird. Yeah. But then when I had a whole side of the stage to myself, I was like, this is bad. Ah, I was like, yep. All right, there we go. But yeah, Varials doesn't need that shit though. You guys. Yeah, no, you know. never, never did. And then yeah. like the hardest, the hardest part about it really was just getting our tones. Like, yeah. and, and that had nothing really to do with me. Um, as far as like EQs and shit and amps and shit for live sound, that's always really been James's fuerte um, because he's very good at those kinds of things, yeah. like dialing in tones. I'm pretty sure he dialed in Mike's bass tone, which is like the fan favorite of the band. Nice. Um, but uh, like the only contribution I ever had towards that kind of shit was like, uh, if you've listened to In Darkness, there's like a lot of it's like a 50-50 blend on the whammy pedal as far as octave down and dry. That was my idea that I ripped from like hella old bands from the early 2000s that was busted out for they would bust it out for like a half second or for like a little quick transition riff. And what I realized is like like remember remember back in the day when every riff was like a single note riff that just had hella notes in it. Yeah. So my big thing was like chords live feel more powerful than those single note riffs. Of course. And I was just always trying to figure out like how do we get that same exact power behind these single note riffs while wow. while having the, the same power as a chord and shit. So yeah. I went, fuck Do- it, dude. 50-50 blend, octave down, octave or dry signal. And then now it turns your live single note riffs into these huge fucking droney ass like 
beef riffs, dude. Well, and that's how when you do also when you watch like a you know Deftones live video, and oh, it's yeah. just the one guitar. Like even I'm talking like you know even like the TV videos where it's like the '90s and it's so raw that you know this you can really hear the shit. Oh, but yeah. it's just crazy, you know, the tunings and the chord choices that allow you to feel so big and like while playing open parts and shit. Like, oh yeah, Steph dude. is a fucking genius. Like, oh my god, yeah, you guys definitely oh, have the- a bit of that influence in your band that's like notable and people mention it. And I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know, it's Deftones is the shit, bro. I will say in that live video that I watched too, your vocal um, tone live was fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Which yeah. which which video? Do you, it was do you all, it's the remember? one I mentioned before. I'll find. Oh, it okay, okay. To you. I can find. There was there was one video. Like I always, always, always tried to find videos that like we really sounded popping in. And there's these two videos that I know are on YouTube somewhere. Where there's one of one of them's of us at. Uh, I think we're in Brooklyn. Yeah, one of them's us at Brooklyn with. Dude, maybe like, oh, it was with us counterparts. Yeah, it was the, it was the last private room tour, and it was fucking incredible, dude. For some reason, oh, actually, I could tell you exactly why I popped off that night. I distinctly remember this moment. I remember we're about to start playing. We have like thirty seconds till we start, and the drummer like signals me to come over, and I walk over, and I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, look. And I look over to my left, and I'm like, what? And he's like, no, 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 dude, like, look. And I look over again, and it's the fucking singer of Incendiary. Which oh, is no one of my shit. favorite hardcore bands in the world. Like That's sick. And he's like, dude, like, he's right there, bro. He's gonna watch our set. And I'm like, okay, let's fucking pop, boys. Like, let's fucking get it popping. And for some reason, dude, like that shit gave me the juice, bro. Like oh, there's naturally. that video. That's like the video where I sound like an actual demon. Oh fuck yeah, I'll have to find it. I need to watch that. That or if you find any of us at Baltimore Soundstage, we sounded crazy there. Dude, what a venue. I had one time I almost ate a fucking monitor guy there. And uh, <laughs> he just, so my like set starts and I don't have any monitors. So I'm like pointing at him and then like it's unplugged. The monitor is unplugged. And then he like, no, doesn't come and fix it right away. And he just tries to angle another like monitor at me or whatever. And then I like pull this other monitor towards me so I can at least hear something. And then he mm-hmm. comes and he pulls it back and then I flip him off and I'm Whoa. like, fuck you. I'm going to fucking kill you. And then as I get off the stage, he uh, starts trying to talk some shit. And then I was like, you should be apologizing before I fucking eat you. But I started yeah, screaming and then Taylor from Beartooth, you know, put me in the <laughs> cold. And then I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll stop screaming dude um, i would be pissed as shit dude but it bothered really me for a whole fuck. year and then i was doing this whole i've i've been on this high my name is earl kick i'm trying to like <laughs> fucking fix shit so when i went back and this kind of started it i went back a year later and the first thing i did when i walked in was walk up and apologize to him because i was like hey i shouldn't have threatened to kill you dude um, that's really honestly that's good though that's gross that's that's yeah. the best way to change it's the best way to fucking make shit easier too because you don't want to fucking I'm sure you didn't want to be pissed off for a whole nother fucking year. No. And, you know, I think when you have your faults, which mine is definitely one of my major faults would be my anger. I tried. I'm I'm trying to get better at it where I've always been the one to like really pop off and start screaming at people out of nowhere if they like piss me off the wrong way. And I just like can't, you know, I'm getting too old. I'm trying to trying to zen out a little bit here. 
dude. It's tough. It's yeah, extremely hard. It is really tough. hard. When you have that inside of you where it's just like this like rage button that just clicks mm-hmm. and you're just like, yep, I don't care who you are, what you look like. I will yep. fucking eat you. Yep. That's it's exactly tough, what man. I'm dealing with literally right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know, a lot of people did ask, how are you doing? What, you know, with everything going on in the world, everything that you went through with also, you know, you did leave your band yeah. and then the world fucking shut down, you know. So being, that's you know, actually kind of crazy to me. It's like, I feel like I literally hit the, the eject button right before the plane hit the ground as far as like music goes, which was really, really weird. And like, not to sound like a selfish fucking dickhead, but like, I'm really glad that I'm not in a band right now. You know what I mean? Because I can't fucking imagine how fucking shitty this has got to be, dude. Like, I see people talking about all these tours that they were supposed to go on this year that would have been fucking bangers. Yeah. And instead, they're just sitting at home. Like, that's that's sad, bro. I was supposed to do a world tour, and I worked five days. Oh. That was it. Man, Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, you know, at least... A lot of people chose not to release albums or any music during the pandemic, and I understand because mm-hmm. they wanted to launch them into touring. I'm yeah, very, I'm very glad that my band is releasing an album during the pandemic because we have no competition, and it's fucking awesome. See that so. that would have been my mindset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it's exactly great. what I would have said. You know, it's like everyone else is focusing on like now how to do the live video thing, and we already did that, so now mm-hmm. we got that done. So just trying to like keep ourselves moving, where you know, because now. What's going to happen is people will be like, okay, we're coming back in spring of 21. We're ready to tour. Now we have a third of the venues, if you're lucky. Everyone's going to plan a tour. All you motherfuckers are going to put out an album at the same time. And oh, then yeah. no one's going to listen to it. Dude, so, it's going to be awful. Like when this shit, like if, if miraculously one day this just like disappears and then everyone's like, yo, every, life can come back to normal. Dude, the following Monday through Friday will have like 75 metalcore releases. Oh, and it will be awful, dude. Yep. Like, granted, some of them will kick ass. Like, it always ends up happening. But no one wants to fucking listen to that many fucking well, albums at the same time. And that's the thing time. is, the sad part is you get albums that are really great that get left in the dust because they had a oh, poor yeah. release, you know? And that's the worst mm-hmm. fucking part about it. And, you know, speaking of, I mean, going back to saying it sucks to be a band. It sucks to be a band when you're young, too, and, like, you know, you put out your second fucking album or whatever, your first album, like, mm-hmm. you know, similarly to Varials, where it's like, man, we just put this thing out, and we didn't even really get to, like, tour on it too hard, and then now, yeah. you know, but it does tough. It does make me sad, because we only played, like, uh, like four-ish, five-ish songs live, I think, from the new record. Yeah. It really sucks, man, because I wrote so many of those fucking songs and I knew they were going to bang live, dude. So you play guitar and shit, too, right? Is what I heard. Oh, on the right yes, brother. Oh, That's yes. Sick. See, That's I my main did. shit, dude. All right. So you write a lot of the songs for the banner. At least you did. Um, oh, yeah. I wrote the... I think I wrote everything on Paint Again minus two... Two riffs, I think. Something, some shit like that. Like I did like a shit ton on Paint Again. And then uh, on In Darkness, I think there's like there's like twelve tracks or like fourteen tracks. I can't even remember. There's like a shit ton of tracks on that record, and I think like if there's like twelve, I wrote like ten of them or some shit like so that. You know what? That means the pressure's on. They yeah, have dude. to go and write a record without you. So Mitchell, don't be a fucking bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding, guys. No, nah, I'm excited. He's, he's, I think that'll he's be, cool. be good, dude. He's very, very good at writing. Like he's very, 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 very very good at writing yeah and his I, solo like, stuff i have no cool problem too. exactly i yeah. have no problem 
giving people credit where credit is due. Like Mitchell is a great writer. He really yeah. is. He's also he's also working on becoming a, a, an amazing producer. And that's just whether we're friends or not, bro. That's just a fact. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, I can't knock him like just because we don't fucking like whatever. But I mean, dude, like so he's, that's where he's the gonna tension be, lies. Be interesting. For that's gonna be where interesting. The, all right. Yeah, it will be interesting. No, just the way that you uh, speak about him versus some other people, that's where the tension lies. Nah, 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 nah. nah, nah. I'm sure I'm the one who who sucked Mitchell into the band. I'm the one who convinced him to join. That's awesome. Yeah, like he... He he seems like a really nice guy. Because I I initially DM'd him and and was like, oh, so y'all don't want to tour with my band? You know, and he was really (laughs) cool about it and, you know, didn't, you know... Yeah, you know, act like a jerk about it. So I'm. Nah, it seems yeah, like everyone guy. in the band is really nice. And and all jokes aside, you know, I think there's so many people that have wanted to know. It's it's nice to know to some extent. And I think just overall, it seems like you were ready for something different in life. You yeah, know? dude, I, I I had been trying to convince myself to stay for a very long time. Like, there's only a, maybe three people that I ever talked to about it. But like, believe it or not, and like I've been talking about it since 20. 2017, like since 2017, I I had been debating every day, leaving the band, staying, leaving, staying every fucking day, dude. And that was because I was going through emotional issues, depression issues, anxiety issues, family issues, money issues, health issues, literally everything all at the same time. You know what I mean? And then add the pressures of touring, add the pressure of not only touring, but being a front man. And then when you want to walk off stage and like, this is what I was going to say earlier, like we never got as big as you guys got. Or I didn't, uh, you know what I mean? Like that never happened for me because I left the band. But even at the level we were at, dude, like you had demand. There was a weird level of like uh, you're a star. Like, dude, I don't want to say that, but there was this weird level of fucking like famey kind of things where people were coming up to me and like like punishing me, dude, like painfully. Like, yo, can you? Can you put your signature on my arm so that I can get it tattooed tomorrow? Like weird shit, and that shit did not yeah. like rock with me, bro. I did not like that kind of shit. You have to at be okay all. with it, you know. You have to kind of give in to. That's why you know. There's the artists that you've seen that are stars that maybe didn't want to be stars, like a Kurt Cobain, and then there's artists that really want to be stars and really want to give yeah. into it and the thing is you you're a magnet you have you know people are naturally attracted to you and they want Thank you. to know what you're doing and they want to you know talk to you and just see what your perspective is and that's why it works for you you're you're naturally gravitational it wasn't forced when you go to watch a varials video or whatever it was just like man all right this dude like he's fucking sick <laughs> and it's because <laughs> i mean man. you're Thank a fucking you. handsome dude you got a good look you're doing your thing like people you know, it's natural. It's, you know, just like anything else that's of value to anyone that's in entertainment is appearance. And, yeah. you know, and yeah, you, you have all those things. joke all the time and just be like, dude, I'm so glad we're not ugly. <laughs> like, I would say yeah. that all the fucking time. Hey, it doesn't as just like hurt, a shallow buddy. joke. But it, it yeah. for real, like, like all those little, little things. Like, and, and I don't want to say this and leave the impression in the people that are listening that, like every time I talked to a quote unquote fan that I felt like I would just rather be somewhere else. Cause that's not the case. Like some no, of the greatest conversations and some of the greatest fucking people I've met have approached me after a show. And some of them I still talk to on a day to day basis, man, like from years and years ago. And it, but it's just one of those things where like, I'm somebody who is so, so like, 
Like I need my personal space, man. I have yeah. such bad ADHD, man, that like, dude, like if I don't get like an hour of just fucking dead silence to completely to myself, like it's going to fuck my week up. Like it's going to, and if I don't get it like the next day, it might fuck the whole next week up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just, my brain needs to reset every day. And you just can't get that on tour. You know what I mean? You know, I think it's it's one of those things that you can't get in the early years for sure. When there's yeah. you're doing every you're loading in, you're loading out, you're setting up, you're selling merch, you're doing all this shit. Where I mm-hmm. felt a lot like that a lot. Um, the first time I started to like get, I'd say like inner peace on tour was we we're on Warp Tour 2017. You know, we were in a van and it was so hot and gross and fucked out that, you know, you had nowhere to hide unless you could go to a friend's bus. So, yep. you know, I just started doing a lot of yoga and like spending time by myself. And I learned to find really? that if I spend time by myself on tour and do that, it made me feel way better. So now, luckily, we're, we, you know, before the pandemic, we were at a place where we have, you know, a tour manager and a tech and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can wake up and, you know, go to the gym. And then I can, you know, have some come back and do some yoga and eat some food and have some time to just be a normal person. Exactly, and, man. And then the touring is great because by the time it comes to play, you're like, man, I had such a nice fucking day. This is awesome. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> and see, that sounds incredible. But getting there is fucking, you know, six or seven years of struggle and strife and trying to, you know, really figure it out, which. Mm-hmm is fucking difficult man no like i used to scream at jared or like just have (laughs) emotional breakdowns and fucking cry and be super broken just because i i need to always feel like i'm me and that sounds like a weird thing to say no i know exactly what you mean because when you are a performer you put on a face and if you aren't putting on a face then you know i how you just keep it raw all the time maybe you're either boring or you know it just doesn't connect to you but for me it's i've always been a performer i've done musical theater that's my whole thing so oh wow i'm still stuck on stage but like i'm turning it up to 11 i'm being the most animated like yep you know even if i had the hardest day in the world i'm gonna try not to show you that because i just want you to have a good time because i'm an entertainer and when you wear that every day and you don't ever have a real conversation that's like man how how are you like can we talk and when you're going out and you're being the front man, going to the merch table, talking to all these kids, having, you know, just standard conversations, you know, it's nothing the same of real three conversations for you. over yeah. and over and over yeah. again, dude. You, you like, I, dude, I, I, I had like somewhat of a like a wig out thing, uh, and I, I feel like it might have been to our photographer Peanut, um, where I was just talking about how like. I can't fucking deal with these conversations, man. Like every single person that talks to me after the show says the same fucking thing. I feel like I'm literally like a cut copy paste is happening and it's literally driving me insane. Like groundhog day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I started doing this thing where like, dude, when people came up and talked to me, I stopped doing the, like, like granted the fact that someone paid money to come see me scream is crazy. And I will never not appreciate that. So if they want to come talk to me, they fucking deserve it, bro. They fucking deserve a chance Absolutely. to fucking say what's good. And they fucking deserve a chance to say that they appreciate it. Or if they want, if they have questions about art, then they deserve an answer. You know what I mean? So if they're going to come talk to me, I'm going to try and give them the best that I absolutely can just because I like being nice to people. But at the end of the day, like I just stopped doing this like – 
like I wouldn't say I I turned it down from eleven, but I brought it down to like a nine point five. You know what I mean? Like somewhere around like a nine point yeah. five, where like people would be like, "So, what's up with uh?" Like they'd be like, "Dude, like you guys are like so sick. You guys are like my favorite band. Like you guys are like the heaviest shit in the world." And I'd be like, "Bro." we're not that heavy, man. <laughs> and they would just be like, what do you mean? I'd be like, what do you listen to? And then they would tell me they would be listening to like Sleeping With Sirens or like Asking Alexandria or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, let me make you a playlist. And then you'll realize that my band is not that heavy. We're like one of the least heavy, like heavy bands. When we play with metalcore bands, we're heavy as fuck. If you put us in a hardcore lineup, bro, it might be boring. You know what I mean? Like just, just yeah, in comparison. But yeah. also when it came to lyrics, like my lyrics are super fucking emotional, like very, very emo to be real. So when people come and ask me about that shit, I would usually like in the past, I would kind of give them like a, not necessarily like a fake answer, but I would kind of just give them like a very surface level answer because I didn't feel um, like it would be good for them to get into that deep conversation with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of want well, to when it's real, them. it's hard to talk about, you know, you don't yeah. want to always go there. You don't always want to tap into whatever made you write that in the first place. So you just exactly a quick runaround. And, but what I found out is it actually is way better to just spit it exactly how it is. Like, dude, when like after a long time, like after a while, I just started telling people exactly what the fuck it meant. Like people would be like, Hey, what's what's this this line mean in Colder Brother? Like, what's the inspiration for the name of the song? Like, and I'll be like, oh, it's because my biological father is a deadbeat and he doesn't love me, but he pretends to love me for the sake of his other family members not being disappointed in him. You know what I mean? And they'll be like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, man, like, and they'll be like, damn, like that's really crazy. Like, I have something similar going on, and then we would form a genuine connection right Absolutely. then and there. You know what I mean? So now we're not talking about. Oh, dude, great set. Thanks. <laughs> like, now we're having a real conversation that, like, and when I say shit like that to them, you see their eyes light up and they're like, whoa. Well, maybe that's, that's why they were listening to you. You know, they tapped into that. They kind of heard it. That's why they, they felt connected to you and wanted to ask that. And that's what's so great about, you know, if you have something sincere to offer. And, you know, we've all seen bands that don't really give a shit about what they're talking about. They oh, just yeah. write it. They just put it out there. Maybe they don't even write it. Fuck them, you know, oh, which happens dude. plenty. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's something that Ryan, my singer, brought up this week where he was like, you know, because we've released some songs as our singles for the new album that are, you know, maybe a little controversial just because, like, one, for instance, is number 38 on top mm -hmm. 40 Billboard right now. Yes, it fucking Motherfuckers. Is, which is amazing and it's super cool. But when that song Dude, came congratulations, out, congratulations, man, for real. Thank you. It is one of the coolest things I've ever accomplished in my life. And Dude, that's one of the coolest fucking things there is to accomplish. It's in life. crazy. Like real. That's real big boy charts. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like the cool. Yeah, like I called my mom. Like you know what I mean. I was just like, Dude. this is the coolest shit ever. And yeah, like and, no one, nobody at any level can knock you for anything. Now you have real life big boy, big dick receipts. It's pretty cool. It's kind of, yeah, it's wild. But, you know, <laughs> so with that, with that song, you know, when it came out, there were people who were like, man, the suits, they made them write the song and blah, blah, blah. Oh. And, you know, Kirby said he was like, the only, the thing that breaks my heart the most is that people say that, you know, we get forced into writing something when something really came from our hearts. And like for that song locked in my head, 
it was me just sitting on a couch and I wrote this chorus progression and I wrote these chords and I was singing it. And then I was like, yo, Bob Kirby, like, do you guys like this shit? And then they were like, Mm -hmm. yo, that's sick. And then we sit down and this wasn't even a weekend. This was on the weekend. So Drew wasn't even at the studio with us. And then (laughs) we made the full structure of the song. Kirby took the lyrics and just spiced them up a little bit, you know, made them, made them better. And then Drew mm-hmm. came in on Monday and was like, oh shit, like this is sick. And then he adds <laughs> his spice to it. But we wrote that motherfucker. So like exactly. when people say that, they're like, oh, they wrote this because someone told them to. No, I wrote it because I fucking wanted to because it came into my brain and that this is what we want to yeah. do. Like if you Oh, listen- I wrote it because I'm tired of like, I don't want to write the same fucking song. Again. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, we I wanna- wrote it because I'm growing up because of my last release was two and a half years ago and i'm in a different fucking life now i'm a different person now and you know for people that like you know parkway drive is a really great example where people go man i wish that band would play the old songs and i totally get that yeah the reality is with the new songs for every one person that says man fuck this band like i wish that they were just like the old band there's 10 people who heard that new song and are like man i'm a huge fan now so absolutely one of those things where you have to like with time you just become a little less niche if you're going to be a big band and that just yeah. happens sometimes i mean look at the fucking smashing pumpkins like they were once you know 1979 mm-hmm. and now they're signed to sumerian records and making pop music so yep. like things change people grow over time and i'm not saying that one is bad or one isn't it's just but different changes know? changes constant dude it's yeah. going to happen like that's me with architects Dude, if, if Architects yeah. came up came to America today and was like, hey, we're going to play Hollow Crown again, uh, I would go to every uh, fucking release or every single show yep. in every single state, and I would mosh my fucking dick off until my fucking body started bleeding, dude. Yep. Like, dude, that and the uh, the Dead the dead Swan split that they put out before oh that, that was gosh. what got me into the band, because they put that one song back on Hollow Crown. I'm fucking... Yep. Um, I'm having a brain fart at the moment. Is it early grave? Yeah. No, I'm going to look this up real quick. But um, Oh, it's the one that starts off with the crazy shreddy shit. I know what you're talking about. But that band is just so fucking perfect. I saw them last time they played New York, and it was just unreal. (laughs) Like, you know, they're just so smart. They do everything that you want. Um, I think... Oh, it's We're All Alone. We're All Alone. That was a song that was on the Dead Swan split, and then they put out on the record Hollow Crown. And... That dude, record is just perfect. Him, it changed. To, what's his name? Sam. Sam Carter. Yeah, it, it yeah. changed metalcore. That it made me want to learn how to yell and do that. And I yep. could back before I blew out my voice back in the day, but obviously never sounding like that dude. But when you watch him live, it looks so effortless. See, that's what I was just gonna say. Like I, I missed out on a lot of architects because I was my musical interests were changing. I was doing different things, and uh, when I was. The last time I think I met up with Wage War, which was the last Warp Tour, um, I was talking to them and they were telling me about how like Architects is like the best live band of all time. And I think Counterparts are saying that too. They're saying how like it's like uncomparable, like how good they are. They're a real, real band. Oh, it's um, it's unreal, yeah. Yeah. And I remember watching um, I remember watching a video because I, I had to know, you know what I mean? Because I haven't paid attention in so long. So I watched a video of them playing like some huge outdoor fucking venue that was absolutely massive. And it's really, really genuinely like, it's truly weird. 
to see Sam sing, like do that screamy, singing shit that he does, where it's yeah. like it's like pitched, but not all the time. Yeah, like, I don't know how if it's like a false chord thing or what he's doing to be able to do it and not be actually screaming, screaming like full yeah. on all the time. Um, like it's really weird, but because like. Like you said, man, it looks like he just, he doesn't even have to try, but you see, like, you can see that he is trying and he is putting energy into it, but yeah. you're just like, how the fuck does he only have to put in that much energy and do it? I feel like it would take me screaming my lungs out to get that. Well, and the the difference with that band too is they're one of those bands that does, you know, have backtracks and shit, but when you watch them or you watch the live videos or you see them live, you know, and especially after you've played with tracks and shit like we have for you know a long time, you can hear how raw he is in the mix, mm-hmm. and it's just remarkable. Where you're like, oh, you you can really do this. Like you're not, yeah. you know. There are those bands that are you know seventy percent track and then thirty percent vocal. Even most of your modern oh, yeah. like rappers these days and shit. Oh, but I hate that about rappers. They just fucking do karaoke basically. Yeah, yeah. They just say every other word or every other phrase. You know, yeah, join I hate in that. every six bars. Like so you know, It's weird. Um. And I don't understand it, but it's wild what Sam can accomplish live. It's really, you know, it's yeah, one it's, of those. It's I go see Architects, dude. I stand next to the soundboard and I watch Architects. <laughs> that's, that's probably uh, the best seat in the house, dude, to be honest. That's where I always sit. That's where I stand. That's where I sit closest. I get the closest to the soundboard I can. And then that's where I watch. What's your show. singer's name? Kirby? Yeah, Ryan Kirby. Ryan Kirby. Yep. I have a feeling that he's loud as fuck when he screams. No, not really. Actually, he's pretty no? quiet. Yeah, he's really? pretty quiet. Yeah, he's huh. he has insane. He's got technique. like a big, big voice. Yeah, he's just got like a really smooth, like a really powerful, like talking voice, I guess. But he's a pretty uh, quiet guy overall. Actually, I, Ryan. Interesting. Yeah, Ryan is has really studied technique, and he doesn't. He's never like drank or smoked. He doesn't even drink like soda that doesn't have real sugar in it. Like. He has a crazy diet. Like he's so focused on staying in this like perfect condition for his singing and screaming. And it's kind of remarkable. Um, like it's weird. He, I learned a lot by being around him. Cause I'm just trying to learn how to like scream and not blow out my vocals. So it's kind of like, the, you know, he does the, you know, the false chord kind of, you know, thing. I think that's what it's called, like false yeah, chords. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. But yeah. and that way he can slide into his singing and screaming out of it. Um, but his low range is just insane. Like the dude can do all those stupid gutturals and death metal shit, and you know it's all like mouth placement is a lot of it too. Yeah, um, it's it's really strange, dude. Like I like I don't know. Like it's it's just weird to me that everybody has such a different way to accomplish it you know what i mean like you would think that there would be after screaming music has been around i guess for the amount of time that it's been you would assume that there would have been like eventually one guy would have figured it out the best possible way and then everybody would have just been like oh that's how you do it that's how melissa cross is kind of yeah i guess it's a weird thing because i don't like i understand how melissa does it and like Believe it or not, like you can figure that out naturally. Like, wh- because what's the, like, what I've been able to gather from watching her videos and like watching her talk to, uh, I think Caleb Shomo. Yeah, I watched that video of her teaching him. Um, the way she's explaining it is very, very accurate for someone who doesn't do it, which makes it really, really strange. Because I, I don't know if she can scream. I would be surprised because like she's just such a, folk, like she doesn't, you know, like she doesn't have a reason to, but um. 
it's like there's there's something weird to like I don't know how to explain it. When I first started, I was just pushing as hard as I possibly could, yep. and I would just blow my voice out every freaking show. And then eventually, you sort of learn how to get the same exact thing. And instead of pushing a hundred percent, now you can only push seventy five and still get it. And then eventually, you only got to push fifty and get it. And then only you know you know what I mean. It just yeah. keeps going down and down. And you learn how to do it with less effort and less uh, energy and shit. But that like even that, some people just click and they just get it right off the rip. For yeah. me, I was not a good vocalist until twenty eighteen. In my opinion, I thought yeah. I sucked fucking ass cheeks until 2018. Well, I think the for the guys that are like of a more like um, hardcore delivery and they really do, you know, yell or scream every night, they're mm-hmm. just eventually you're just gonna tear your vocal folds and like it's gonna be difficult. Where, oh yeah, yeah, like def, you know, he de- Ryan is definitely more of like a technique guy, like a Phil Bozeman or like any of those mm. dudes. Where it's really even if like Spencer from Under Oath, not that loud yeah. from what I've been told. Really? Um, yeah, it's pretty That's quiet. Crazy because um, he sounds Ryan, like he's ripping his head off. You would think so, but it's yeah, it's not. And like Ryan, he's louder as a singer than he is as a screamer, probably. Huh. Yep. People always ask me, like, yo, how do you do that shit, bro? And, like, the only explanation I've ever ever been able to come up with is, like, when you sigh, when you do, like, a really heavy sigh, yeah. and you kind of get that, like, gravel in your throat, like that, uh, like those little grumblies or whatever, mm-hmm. like that shit, that wasn't that much air that it took me to do it. That wasn't that much energy it took me to do it. You just kind of take that, and you just kind of push it a little bit harder, you know what I mean? Make that a little bit louder, and eventually some shit comes out, you know what I mean? But yeah. Then there are other people who are like, oh, no, you got to you gotta use the diaphragm, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And to me, I'm just like, fuck it, bro. If this shit works, this shit fucking works. Because after a while, it used to hurt. But it, I, my voice hasn't hurt in uh, like two years, maybe. Like That's two-ish awesome. years. It would, it would hurt when we would do like 12 shows in a row. Yeah. <laughs> but if we had like four or five shows off day four or five shows off day you know what i mean like as long as there was like one off day like every five or six days i was fine yep yeah i my voice i stopped it stopped hurting it once we got in ears and then also as long as i don't drink before i sing i just oh, can't yeah, i can't mix you out your freaking singing. ass off yeah but like coming from I guess for me, learning how to scream, because I always thought it was like a real, like you're supposed to just be screaming as loud as you can all the time. Yeah. And that's how these people do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of, for me, when I am trying to figure it out, it reminds me more of like 80s hair metal voice. Um, where Interesting. You, you go into this kind of like head voice and you can add this like gravel to it. But mm-hmm. I, I have more of a, a tenor voice, I guess, as it is. So it comes out more like an Anthony Green scream. But recently sick, on the Twitch, yeah, I mean, he's the shit. He's the <laughs> yeah, fucking he's best fucking ever. amazing. My friend, best friend cut his hair once. Oh, no shit. That's yeah, cool. That's, I think it's his Twitter bio. I think it just says I cut Anthony Green's hair once. That's sick. I I was Shout one of those Greg. weirdos that like went to one of his solo shows. And I was like, "Hey, can I have a hug?" I want to. Dude, I'll you. I'll keep it a buck, dude. Yeah. I did not fuck with Circa Survive ever. What? I just don't fuck with. It. I just don't fucking care about it. One of the best bands ever. Yeah, they're dude. So that's good. what everybody says. <laughs> and they're, they're also like local to to where I grew yep. up to. Yeah, because they like stay forward. Minutes away. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it, I just I could have fucking cared less, dude. Eh. I would have rather I would have rather went to Toys R Us. It's bro. a niche like, band. It's a niche like, band for sure. I will give Homie credit though because every song that ever, anyone's ever been like, 
yo, listen to this and tell me you don't like it. The one thing I always say is I always go, well, his voice is fucking amazing. But there's just something about the rest of it that's just not doing it for me. Now, Seosin, that's a different story. Seosin was a great fucking band. I love that band. Without a doubt. Also, the production on that Seosin EP is still somehow better than like most production today. Bober Shell is a genius, dude. He's super yeah. fucking good. I would love That's to write some songs with him or work with oh him at some point. God, he's done dude, some really cool to. mixes, and he's a really nice guy. If you just DM him on fucking Instagram, he's super cool, dude. Um, Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, he's been really nice to talk to here and there. Because, of course, as a big Sayosin fan, like I wanted to pick his brain a little bit here and there. And oh, yeah. That's definitely one of the, the formative bands for my like vocal attempts. The reality is eventually you have to remember that he, only Anthony Green can be Anthony Green. Oh, like you yeah, can't. Yeah. I can't stay in that range for very long without just dying out. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's the fucking best. Do you think that you'll do another band, or are you going to stick with the producing stuff? Hmm. You, just, you know, I mean, maybe I'm, a, I write every day. project. Yeah, like I, I write every single. Well, not every day, but every single day that I have the energy to, I do. Um, I have a few heavy songs tucked away. Believe it or not, most of the songs that I wrote on the In Darkness record I've had for a while. Like like that uh that romance song where it's That's me the singing. softer one, yeah. Yeah, where it's like ding 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 that one. I wrote that song in like twenty sixteen before Pain Again came out. Um there's a lot of songs on there that like I've been trying to push that that wave. Like the the sound on In Darkness is how I always wanted to be in a band that sounded like that. And I, I feel like it just kind of took a while for the climate to kind of shift where that shit would have been cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, it's very fitting for the times. I mean, yeah. who mixed that record? Oh, uh, that's all Josh Schroeder, the GOAT. Oh, okay, sick. That's awesome. He's the guy who does all the King 810 shit and stuff. Yes, sir. I've wanted yeah. to work with him since I was fucking like 14 years old. Yep. Yeah, he's wild. He did that Pale Horse Legend record, bro. Oh, I didn't know that. Those are fake no drums, shit. and I had no idea. Really? Yup, exact. See, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> speaking of like older legendary bands too, to touch on it, did you ever listen to This Day Forward, the band that was the predecessor to Circus Survive? No, dude. Yeah, they. You should go listen to This Day Forward at some point. It's de- it's a cool fucking band. I mean, they started out way heavy, and then eventually got like more like post core and mm-hmm. then you know turned into circus survive um, interesting but great fucking band um one well of to answer favorite. yeah yo, i feel you dude for sure because i mean the dude's fucking oozing with talent like oh yeah 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 they were like one of those cool early equal vision bands like at the you know late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. you know people trying to I- figure out metalcore yeah if i had to answer your question like i i talk about this i'm in this one group chat where we, it's like 40 people deep and we just talk about everything. Like if anyone's feeling some type of way or thinking some kind of thing or having an idea or whether it be good, bad, neutral, whatever, like it goes in the chat and we all dissect it and we all make sure that we're all making the right moves. And it's really, it's actually like very, very healthy. It it feels good, dude. Um, But like I was just saying in the chat two days ago, um, like, I don't know if I'm going to do heavy music again, even though I have like some songs that I know would, would probably do really fucking well, especially with um, like my preferred style of production is probably closer towards like the Jesus piece style where it's like it's it's not polished. They just use good microphones. You know yeah. what I mean? 
and it's oh, yeah. still raw. Like that's that's my preferred style of production. Um, so I mean, I know I have uh, like four or five tucked away that would go crazy, but I don't know, dude. Like I just don't fucking like heavy music like that, bro. I think you like, save it till the day that you're like, you know what? I gotta. And if that day never comes, then. So be it. Yeah, exactly. But like I'm making, I'm having more fun it, doing man. other shit too, yeah. though. Like, like I'm having more fun fucking producing for people. I'm having more fun uh, teaching myself how to master, teaching myself how to mix better. Um, like I don't know, dude. So like by, I, pro- by producing, do you mean you're like writing beats and stuff? Oh yeah, dude. I have That's like what a whole it looks little, like from your like yeah. Instagram and shit. I got a whole little mini studio at the crib, and the the photo I have on my Instagram is like. That was like version 1.0. I'm on version like 3.0 now. My shit looks legit nowadays. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I've, when I was in Varials, I did a few things here and there for a couple bands. Like uh, Movements did their first headliner and they needed some like cool little set interlude things. So I had Homie send me over some of their like guitar stems and I put like cute little lo-fi like movementsy type stuff underneath of it and they use it as interludes so, like i've done like a few things oh that's awesome some stuff for other people's podcasts other people's shows um made beats for people and shit um but i don't know dude like it's it's just hard because what's harder than being in a band is finding four other people <laughs> that are good at what they do to be yeah. in a band and that they okay. want to be in a band um and even besides that it's a like, lot of sacrifice and a lot of work yeah, it's a lot of work, and like, I don't know if if I was gonna do a heavy band, we probably wouldn't play shows really. And if we did play shows, it would be like we would play like one or two bangers a year. And dude, I live in New York. That would be I'll it. play bass for you. Yo, let's fucking go, yeah. dude. Yeah. I'm fucking down, dude. I'm yeah. so down. Yeah. Now you like can track. sing, so I don't have to fucking do that shit because you got the, you got the juice. Sick. Thank you. You man. got the juice, though, I bro. Appreciate it. I had, I had, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You had the sauce. I just had a little bit of the juice. Dude, it's, it's nice, like, getting to do the softer, more, like, R&B kind of style stuff, because then it's just, like, pocket shit Shit all day. Shit is fun, dude. Yeah, and that, well, that's why I liked what you were doing on, on Romance and what you started to add into the band. I was curious to see if, like, next album we'd get that chorus. Oh, yeah. You would, you would, without a doubt, get that. Like, next, next record next record I, I had a whole vision man to be honest like i had a whole i had a whole thing where i was trying to chart the musical path of the band since i joined the band in 20 like 14 well, or 15 what or whatever yeah. yeah and like like i i could tell you right now like i i could definitely write the next one right now just because i at least at least if i was in the band and i knew it was still gonna be me singing on it i could probably still write the next one but I don't know, dude. Like, I I want to do something that feels more me. Like, I I didn't listen to heavy music at all when I was in the band. I listened to that Vane record when it came out. Mm-hmm. I listened to the Code Orange records when they came out. I listened to all my friends' bands because I genuinely liked them. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, I I really listened to to hip hop. I listened to R and B. I listen to uh, soul music. I listen to funk music. I listen to a lot of jazz shit. Um, I just explore a lot of music, man. Like there's there's so much out there, and I think I think homie from from first to last said this best on Twitter. He was like, "We need to get closer to a point in time where musicians can make any kind of music they want, 
and it not be a big deal. Like if they make like a huge genre leap or whatever like that, yeah. because you should dude, be allowed the, to. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to make the same fucking kind of shit till they die, dude? Like no one does. No, and some people pull it off like, though. Like a John Mayer where like every album's got a different feel. Exactly. You know, and it's you, incredible. Like all you got to do is write. This is one thing I've, I, I will like fucking swear to for the rest of my life. Hmm. People always question, you know, man, why didn't my band do this? Or why didn't my band do that? Or we could we could have done this or we could have done that. You want to mm-hmm. know what works? Great fucking songs. Great yeah. songs <laughs> prevail. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you are. If you write a hit fucking song, it don't matter if you look like Louis Capaldi. doesn't matter if you look like fucking G-Eazy. If you got a great fucking song, you could be Ed Sheeran. You, Dude, can, you can do whatever shit. the fuck Yo, you that's want. The example, so don't Ed go Sheeran. and you, you can have excuses and excuses and excuses as to why it didn't work for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know what the reality is? You either couldn't write your songs, you didn't write a good one, or you just, you, that's it. So yep. fuck you. Like, Dude, I fucking yeah. agree a hundred percent, man. Like a good song trumps anything. You could be the hottest dude in the world, prevail. but if you have no bangers, like you have no bangers. That's it. End of story. One hundred percent. You can be. You know, people will like your band, and some people will come see your band, and your band will do okay. But you'll never mm-hmm. be a massive band unless you write hits. And some of that could be, well, you know, you are so dive, you know, um, into being an artist where you'll never let anyone help produce you or you never work with any Ooh. songwriters. You never do that. And I get that. And sometimes you, you cut your own feet off with that. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it works. I've for talked some, hella shit on some bands that have done that. On bands that haven't worked with people or that have worked with people. I, uh, here's my thing. Like me personally, I don't fuck with the idea of a random person like 50 miles away um, or 500 miles away like emailing me a song and then us going to the studio and just re-recording exactly 100% of that song and then us putting it out. I do not fuck yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I can't do that. My band, when we get to the studio and some people, it's funny because now it's turned into, yeah, they don't, like, they get to California and then Drew Folk writes all their songs. <laughs> no, like, we we Please. come in with riffs and pre-pro and, like, even, like, yesterday I sent Bob a video of me singing a new chorus and playing acoustic guitar and, like, we're always trying to gather ideas. But then when we get to Drew... There's just this magic with us where we're like, you yeah. know, we got ideas flowing and we're writing songs together as, you know, people. And he's then, you know, he's sitting there engineering, but he's just like, that's the riff. Okay. Boom. Yeah, now like, we're moving up. And you get this energy flowing and then dude, you can he, write he, these. He's guiding you in the right direction. 100%. He's not, he's not pushing you. He's, he's not, just subtly walking yep, you along. That's, that's not really it. But then we're going to go here. We, we go a little bit more in this direction. And, bah, 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 mm-hmm. and then you get there and then you write something that you're in, just insanely proud of. And, I, you know, there's definitely a lot of bands who there's like one guy who writes everything in the band and then everyone mm-hmm. re-records it or really only he needs to re-record it. They midi drums and then the singer sings on it and they call it a band. And I, See, that's I, what I was going to say. Like, I get that. Look, it's just not for go- me because I have a huge ego, so I couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. Like, Same. I get, Same. if I'm not singing or if I'm not helping write, 
I I have emotional breakdowns. My our last record, Dark Skies, that came out, I didn't listen to it for three months when it was done because I didn't feel like I got to do enough. And then Damn. it turns out that the songs that I wrote did really well, and then I was happy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is fine. Because it's just if you're not emotionally connected to your art, don't call it art. Don't you're just Agreed. a fucking you're you are a guy that's playing in a band, but it's not really like your band because you're not contributing anything. I yeah. fucking agree so much. That was one of my biggest fucking problems with the band, dude. Yeah. That was my biggest fucking problem is that we would go to the fucking studio and everyone would sit around and play fucking Need for Speed on their PlayStation while I'm in the fucking fucking uh, Studio B writing tracks for like 12 hours a day. That shit used to piss me the fuck off. And that's why when it came yeah. time to do In Darkness, I was like, yo... I'm not doing this. I'm not Our doing that Our least cohesive like, record is like that. Slave to Nothing is Bob's writing instrumental parts, and then me and Kirby are writing vocals on top of it, and then eventually Jared touches the drums. And it just is not, it's not cohesive. It doesn't feel like us. It doesn't feel like a band. And then when you have it, like, all right, you're all living in a, a extended stay hotel together, and then, like, Bob comes out of the shower and he's like, yo, I fucking got it. And then he starts writing down this idea. And then Kirby's like, boom, this is how the vocals are going. You're all feeling something. And you like, exactly. then you can be a band and, you know, but you have to try where even on like the death grip cycle, we had one where we had Jared like write all the drums first. And then we wrote the guitars and stuff Ooh. over top of it. Like just trying to be as I've always inclusive as that. we can. Yeah. I think it's fucking cool. Like, why not? Like Sean, Sean has done that a couple of times where he's come up with some drum parts and then we've come up with a riff over top, but it was really fucking hard to do that. Cause we had never done it before, but they yeah. did come out great. One band that's really drum focused is Kublai Khan. It's really like a, a drum and bass vocal Ooh, band, you know? And, and Sean. I've talked to Isaac about that where a lot of it, I guess is him and Matt working together on like the vocal idea and the drums and bringing in the rest, which if dude, I asked yeah. them that too, when we toured with them, cause that was like one of my goat bands when it comes to heavy. Oh shit. yeah. Dude, we toured with them. It was, uh, it was, I am varials Kublai Khan. That was my fucking dream tour right That's there. So, I am is amazing. They're on that video that I just texted you to the one that I watched live. And Sick. that boy got j Andrew got jacked. Yo, he, first off, Andrew being jacked, bro. He's, Binge we they're a Texas band. I've seen them for a long time, and you know I remember watching them play a show either with Bloodline or Dirkus's band before that in Texas. One of the first times I saw him, and and I thought they were a great band, but it just when I saw him in this video, I was like, "All right, bro, I ain't, dude, I ain't gonna, I, I ain't gonna." I don't know <laughs> a band that gets more like I don't want to say slept on. Because oh. I don't want I don't want it to say like uh, like it's a, like people don't care about them because that's not the fucking people case at all. People care, but right, I want to I want to say yeah, not enough people give them fucking credit where credit is due because that band, dude, that band could play a venue like the End in Nashville, which like realistically should be like a fifty cap room and they'll squeeze like two hundred in there, yep. and they'll sound like they're at a fucking stadium. Oh, I don't yeah. know another band that can do that with no with like no tracks, no fucking anything. Like, dude, just plug in and play. Last and time I saw them live, crazy. Yeah, I saw them all open the Fit for an Autopsy tour they did a while ago, bro. And it was just one of those things where all the dive bombs and the pinches and Andrew just <laughs> looking like a fucking beast, and you're like, 
okay, you guys are real. This is, yes. you, you are 100% like, you could wear the fucking cowboy boots and spin your hair and it's authentic yep. as fuck. And Dude, they are They mental. just need more more mainstream tours. That's all Agreed. it is, is they, you Agreed. know, they need to, you know, open for Chelsea Grand and they yep. need to open for Whitechapel and like a Black Dolly. Even a Muir would do great for them. If they open for a Muir. 100%. Dude, it would open them to so many fucking kids. Yeah. That's just all they need. They got to get into the scene world some more. And then though, it's like man. what, like when Suicide Silence and Whitechapel popped off, it was because they were the hardest, heaviest thing in the scene. And mm-hmm. kids always want it. They just, they don't know where to go. They, yeah. You know, they're, they're, it's hard to go from Pierce the Veil to I Am. But if you just oh, put yeah, it absolutely. in front of them, you know. Yeah. And dude, yeah. that's that's why I love touring with counterparts. Like they're dude, always great at selecting. Oh bands. my god! Like, dude, the what, what was it? What was it? It was fucking Varials, Have Mercy, uh, fucking. Oh, being oh. is that being as an ocean? oh yeah, being as an ocean, and then counterparts. That was the first private room tour. Yep. And I remember just being like, this lineup makes no fucking sense, but I don't give a fuck because we're going to show up and we're going to be the heaviest fucking band in that bitch. Oh, so yeah. So I'm fine with that. I would have loved like, to seen that tour. Dude, it was a great one. Yeah. It was a great one, man. Counterparts fucking crushes it like always because fucking everyone in that band is way too talented for their own good. Fucking, dude, Kyle. Actually, He's I know I said Tay freak. is the best drummer in the world, but Tay and Kyle are tied. Yeah, and, and Kyle. Well, Kyle has the he's the greatest rock band drummer in Canada yep. or the world yep. or some the shit. The world, dude. He's permanently ranked number one. That's insane. It's so yeah. fucking sick. You know, he was in like a death metal band. He was in like death metal bands and shit before Counterparts. No, but it makes sense because he's so yeah. relaxed when he plays Counterparts where it looks like it's a cakewalk for him. Oh, dude. And it's yeah. crazy, too, because I, another band where you watch Counterparts and like, first off, Blake. He's Harden. a freak. Freak. He's a, he's a freak and a half, but we, oh. dude, that motherfucker is so good at guitar. We used to do that pinch it makes counters. me rage, dude. Oh, yeah. He is one of the best in the scene, easily, and so clean. Like, we used to, on Warp Tour, someone would have like a cardboard. Uh, mm-hmm. cardboard and a marker and we do pinch mar- like markers for how many times he can throw a pinch into the set because he just it's also the way that he sets up too. his guitars I too literally yeah. force him to throw them in there them and yeah. wage war oh yeah they're always great at it too dude they're, that, they're serious riffers man in that stitch song now and yeah. that's because of me and when we played at uh when we played with them at warped for the last one he comes up to me and he's like trav i just want you guys to know man that like Ever since that tour we did with you, I put that pinch harmonic in the stitch riff every single fucking time. I'm like, Fuck good, because yeah. it fucking shreds, dude. Yeah, dude. No, they're both Cody and Seth. They're both serious shredders. That, that dude, great Yeah, players. Seth is one of those dudes that plays, and it looks like he could just be thinking about anything else and not even giving a fuck, but he shreds so clean. I feel like he is thinking about something else, because he's like, well, I'm going to graduate college, and I'm <laughs> married to my wife. And, well, he's like, I'm i got to be the most handsome and, dude on the planet as yep. well. Huh? Well, should I cut my hair? Well, I guess I'll cut it, and I'll still look really hot. Um, dude, all right. he's fucking painfully hot, bro. Yep. Yeah, but and it hurts when he's that nice too. He's like, it's just crazy. Some guys like that. I like to refer to my Bobby as that too, where he's just like remarkably <laughs> handsome. Where like our whole stream, people are just like, yeah, guy looks like James Franco. And it's like that's the compliment <laughs> that you get. It's like fuck you, dude. Holy, you know. Shit, and but dude. Seth is 
So nice, so handsome, and the boy can shred. And band is Dude, fucking fantastic. I, I told Blake this, or like when I when I think it was one of the first or second times we toured with Counterparts. I was talking with somebody, and we were like, "Dude, Blake is like the best guitarist in the scene." Yeah. And we were like, "Yeah," and then they were like, "Yeah, but like we're not allowed to tell him. We cannot fucking tell him." <laughs> And I was like, you know what? You're right, because he's a psycho. And if he knows that he's our favorite guitarist, he'll never let us fucking live it down. <laughs> you know, the other thing is, how many guys do you see that every band that they're in gets better by him being in the band? Oh, I know, you dude. Know? No matter I what, know. when Blake shows up, shit's going to get real. And dude, you're going you're gonna to play properly because you're not going to fuck up around that, dude. Yeah, dude, I remember watching... You know? um, him and there was like one show where apparently Kyle messed up on drums, which I, I the only person whatever. who fucking noticed it was probably Blake, to be honest. And they show up to the next day at the venue, and uh, Blake and Kyle are going over this one part, and they play it like fifteen times in a row. It's like a ten second part. They just keep ripping it, keep ripping it, and I'm sitting there trying to find the mistake, trying to find out what part Kyle's fucking up. And and every single time they they do it, they stop. Blake looks at Kyle, Kyle goes, ugh, and then they try it again. And I'm like, dude, where's the mistake? I pull up the song on my phone. I listen to it. It sounds exactly like what they're doing in front of me. Yep. And then I'm like, uh, this, so, this is, so this is what it's like to walk into a room full of people that are so far beyond your, your scope that you just, it's, it's like a different language. It's you know empowering. I mean? It makes you like want to learn and understand what there it is. Like, and it's the same thing with like, if I could think of like one person off the bat where I was like, man, I need help. Like doing a setup on my guitar. I'd Blake. probably hit a Blake. Um, yep. Easy. Cause he's also an amazing tech and he's also an amazing engineer and producer. And that's the thing is he just, his brain just does things that a lot of people just aren't capable of. And it's just natural. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's not natural. The guy works really fucking hard. And he's oh, practiced yeah, really hard at guitar. But he naturally has just brilliant ideas and, and hears things in a way where, you know, you try to talk to him about like, hey, dude, so like, what are you doing with the new stuff? And he's like, well, this guitar's in this tuning and this guitar's in this tuning. Mm -hmm. And then they come together and they're like, well, and you're like, dude, what the fuck? I don't even, it's like talking to Josh <laughs> Travis about guitar. And Josh oh, Travis can hardly even explain dude. to you what he's fucking doing. You're like, so what's your guitar tuned into? And he's like, well, it's this, 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 but these ones make this. And then when you play them like this, it makes this. And it's like, dude, I don't even fucking know what's going on. I've never I, heard of anything. I like purposely this never asked him any of that shit when we toured with them. Cause I yep. knew it was going to be beyond my scope. And like, I won't say like, I'm nowhere near as good as Blake. I'm nowhere near as good as Josh. I'm nowhere near as good as any of those dudes that are just like fucking obviously like one of the rare talents of as far as guitar goes yeah. but i'll tell you right now if, if i had to join a, a heavy band and i had to play i could definitely fucking get down i could definitely play tight enough to be in a real band oh but for I'm, sure i'm yeah i'm definitely not on their level but even then like having the confidence i have in myself as far as guitar playing goes dude i know i, I know where my my skills stop i know where like these people are and like that's one of those positions like kind of like what you just said like it makes you want to learn it makes you want to do it and like i've always kind of had this thing where like my ideal musical situation, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Yeah. I want to be the dude that thinks he's got his fucking, like he thinks he's shreds so hard, thinks he can write the best bangers. And I want to put in there, I want to go in that room, submit my track, and then hear everyone else's tracks and go, fuck, they are killing me. Like I want to be that dude because it, it gives you that hunger. You know yeah. what I mean? 100% man it's a necessary element and if you don't it there needs to be a, a really nice balance of 
a little bit of envy, a little bit of like inspiration and a little Mm -hmm. bit of aspiration where you're just like, okay, like I see what that band is doing and the numbers that they're getting and what I'm, I'm jealous, but Mm -hmm. that's going to fuel me to be inspired by all of these other great bands and to write something that is next level for me and to challenge myself. So, you know, knock loose. Wow. We toured with we toured with Knock Loose in 2015 before all the metalcore kids cared about him. Dude, that Man shit that shit challenged me. Yep, that shit changed me. Bro. Isaac is another one of them. those freaks. Oh yeah, Isaac is a fucking freak. He's insane though, dude. He can play anything. Like he can he can I play know. anything. He can record anything. It's he can amazing. fucking write anything. His vocals are crazy. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the kid has a singing voice like an angel. Probably does. Yeah. Yep. And he's hands. Hey, that's another handsome bald man right yep. there. Absolutely. Yeah, I love. Like they're the other band that really pulled off the like streetwear, seeming authentic vintage tees, and having uh, their merch match their personalities, and mm-hmm. it worked extremely well. Um, but that when you have the confidence in just putting your county name on the front of your hoodie and knowing that that's going to push your band to the next place, that's Crazy. some fucking balls. And guess what? That worked like a motherfucker. I remember. Yeah, I dude. think it was Warped 15 or something they were playing and just selling selling out of merch day one, you know. First day I ever played shit. with them was in Nashville. It was across the street from the end. It was some little tiny restaurant that's closed and closed now because that show shut it down. First time I ever saw them, it was us. Uh, I think I, yeah, us, I am, I think was there. No, Orthodox was there, if you know them. Yep. Um, but that was when they were a straight edge band. And actually the basis for counterpart Sweet Tea used to play guitar in Orthodox. Oh no shit. That was, yeah, that was the first time I met Sweet Tea. Um but yeah, it was it was us, them, knock loose, and we're playing in a room that genuinely should probably only fit fifty, fit like hundred and twenty-five. And <laughs> the show's over. They had a fucking line at their trailer because there was nowhere to buy merch or nowhere to set up merch inside. They had a line, and I counted. There was 61 people in line for merch. That's fucking awesome. Dude, that's half the fucking show. Yeah. That's imagine insane. that. Imagine <laughs> you get 50% of people at the show buying merch every time. Yo, honestly, they do. <laughs> they they no, do. They no, do. that's amazing. No, that band... <laughs> That band has done remarkable things since day one where most the thing that's most important to keep in mind when you're thinking about Knocked Loose is do not try to make your band like Knocked Loose. Do not try to sound like Knocked Loose. No one else is going to do it. No one else is going to be Brian. No one else is going to be Isaac. Y'all ain't going to pull it off. That band is like the fucking current slayer of metalcore and it's remarkable and it's unique and you have to just go in and kind of just enjoy it for what it is. I mean, each person is such a great personality. They yep. all bring so much to the table. And, you know, you can't not want to, you know, get to know everybody involved in that band. So I think one Dude, of the biggest problems. Yeah. Wrote the greatest drum fill of all time. Paxon literally wrote in, uh, oh, what is it? Fucking Dead Ringer, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's like. Uh, oh, the Tom I, I w- work? Before yeah. that, yeah. yeah, like that whole fill section, that whole little drum drum groove section, that might be the catchiest drum section, like little transition groove I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, man, 
that band just continues to like, especially when you'd see that like they're on their first record, but could, you know, do some shows, even if it's like a smaller festival thing. And there's like 2000 people, you know, like, yeah. like selling out Worcester Palladium and shit. Yep. It's like, what the fuck are you guys on? Like, yeah, dude, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. But kids out there, don't compare yourselves to knock loose. You're not. Yeah, gonna be please, loose. please don't. Like, don't please, try to be him. Just not don't do any dog barks. Don't fucking make another meme. They've seen the book that's called I, yeah. "All My Friends Are Dead." They know the joke exists. Like, just fucking do we your saw own thing. With, yeah, we saw it with sworn in when they first happened, and then everyone was uh, like, "I'm gonna be sworn in." And then that's you know. a motherfucker that I do not like. Tyler. Nope. Don't like him whatsoever. Talked hella shit on me, and I almost beat his ass up way back in the day. Anyway. Interesting. I don't really know them. Uh, I think I've only met the drummer, like, you know, a couple times, and he seemed nice, but... Um, the drummer... Actually, I think I have met him. He's, like, the taller dude with, like, the big black spiky hair. Chris... Yeah, Chris is his name. Um, yeah, and he, he was, was pretty he nice, was actually. Nice I've met him. But, yeah, that band... Um, you they know, called us so- Kubla Concor, or he, Tyler Denon, called us Kubla Concor once on Twitter. And uh, I went to check him, and he deleted the tweet. And then... Uh, there's also some shit prior to that that happened before I was in the band, but we will not bring that up because that was bad. And then uh, when we played Chicago with, dude, I don't even fucking remember who. Because you guys Chicago got signed with. to Fearless at like the same time. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. They 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 came to Fearless like, dude, maybe like two months after we did, and yep. and I think we almost had the same manager for you a did while for a moment, Avange. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't fuck with Tyler at all. Um, I understand that he that he's good. I understand that he's he's a talented vocalist and all that shit, which he is. Because I can't knock him for that, even if I don't like him for sure. Um, but that Kubla Khan core shit pissed me the fuck off. And then when we went to play Chicago, one of those times, uh, I was one of the sickest I've ever been. Where like physically could barely walk. I was I think I had like a twenty four hour flu or something, man. And it it was awful. And I remember. I slept the entire day. I woke up four minutes before we were supposed to play. I get up. I walk on stage. We play the set. I'm like pale as fuck. And for some reason, when I'm sick, I guess maybe because your vocal cords swell up or whatever, yeah. my, my scream sounded insanely good that night. And as soon as we're done, I don't even do shit. I literally put the microphone down and I look at the boys and they go, dude, just just." Go back to bed. <laughs> so I, I walk right back to the fucking van. I lay my, lay my ass down. And I fall asleep. And uh, somebody knocked on the van door and was like, "Yo, like Tyler Denon's here. He wants to like say like wants to like say what's up and like talk about the set." I remember being like, "I don't fucking give a shit. Tell him to go tweet about it or some shit like that." And then fucking one of them comes back in the in the van and is talking about how he's like, "Yo, you guys are like." Like the best live band I've ever seen. You guys are like incredible. And he's like, yeah, bro, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, Mr. Capalot over here. But shout out to Marcel though from Barrier because Barrier was the best Chicago band, if you ask me. From that area, you know, I never listened to that band. I'll have to go back and listen to it. I've heard about them, but they were one of those. They're one of those bands like everyone talks about that I hear about it all the time. Especially the Florida guys. They're always like, listen to Adalia, and I'm like, I've never listened to that band. Dude, we played Adalia's last show. First off, that was that's a band that I've been rocking with since the week that their first EP came out. Uh, I found them randomly on YouTube, 
and it was just instant love ever since. I've always wanted to play shows with them and tour with them, and I got to accomplish both of those things, man, and it was a dream come true, and it's amazing because they're all still fucking incredible people. Every time I go down to Florida, I fucking kick it with them, talk to them all the time if when I get the chance. I feel like um, they're the, the, the dual vocal band that got slept on and didn't get the chance. Like, why didn't they get signed to Rise or get signed to something? Like, were they already in a bad Media concert? Scare, I, I feel like uh, Media they were a Media Scare band. Them. Fuck that yeah. goon. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure Media Scare fucked them. Yep. No, they fucked a lot of their bands. I was in a band that got signed. Now, they got signed at, right after I got kicked out because um, me and the vocalist beef, but they signed to Media Scare. Went and made a record at Chango, went out on one tour, and then like had so much beef with the label, the label never even put out the record. And this is now, and it's like, imagine spending 10 grand on something and hating the people so much that you wouldn't even put it out. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's intense. But, um, they just didn't like, I've heard, I've heard horror stories about that label and the fact that any band yeah. has got away from them. I think the ones that did would be like volumes, maybe volumes, hundredth. Ghost Inside, yeah. you know, a couple bands made it through that shit, but most of them, no, nah, because mm -hmm. that label's defunct now. Yeah, dude, um, as they yeah, should be. But this is good. This is some quality shit talking to really wrap up the end of it. I got some questions <laughs> from the kids for you and shit. Dude, I think, hit me, man. You know, the one that <laughs> I want to clear up first too is, you know, so do you think we'll see another project from you, whether it be heavy, lighter, whatever? You know, what's oh, absolutely, coming? absolutely. Okay. I'm recording a song this week. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, a good one. Heavy, the... most likely, but or oh. heavy, 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 most likely. Um, but like I said, if, if, if it does come out, it's not going to be like a, like a real band. Like we're not going to be torn. We're not going to be fucking doing the whole hey, like okay. thing. We're just going to fucking try and put out the best music we can. And then if a badass show comes around, like, and we got some friends that are on it, we're going to try and hop on. But... Awesome. I think there's enough people that just want to hear you, man, that they'll be happy regardless. Dude, that's um, that's really cool. Like, honestly, I, I get messages a lot about people asking me that kind of shit, and like, and it it, it is kind of funny because I'll post like a like a little snippet of me like producing something or whatever, and then there'll be like a kid that responds and is like, "I know you're producing shit, but please tell me we're gonna get some more heavy shit." And I always just go, I always hit him with like the "I don't know" emoji. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think that's a good way to do it. Keeps it mysterious. Yeah. It's funny being a dickhead. It keeps too, it so. in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking the one the one thing like that I wish more bands would do is I wish more bands would try and rip that shit that I did where like I just kept reusing same like similar lyrics but just repurpose them in a different way for new like in darkness we, is okay. like from uh that was like one of the verse lyrics in Anything to Numb on Pain Again. And to oh, me, that smart. lyric had the most impact, you know what I mean? So I, and, and it, it translated the most. So I just, you know, built off of that for a new record. Like, I think it's really cool when... Uh, We've actually like, done um, it a couple times. Yeah. But dude, we, we have, like, one song that names a bunch of other old songs. And then mm. we had, like, we have a new song on the... A song on the new record that talks about a past song. And, like, we like to have songs tie into each other. Because if you're an OG fan, then you get it. If you're not yeah. a real one, then you don't. Yeah, dude, yeah, same. Like, I got so. hella lyrics that go from song to song, and then I'll, I'll use the same, like, three-word phrase, like, in, like, eight different songs, but, so but reflect upon it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like my first, the first idea I had for In Darkness was supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be a lyric 
oh, I can't remember what it was going to be. The but the the concept of it was it was the first lyric of the new record was going to challenge every single thing that the first record said and kind of put it in this perspective where where uh like if 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 the first record is a story then the first line of the new record was supposed to be that person telling the story after they've had enough time to reflect on it and realize that like maybe it was just bullshit. Like maybe I was just on some bullshit. You know what I mean? But I wanted it to, ha- I can't remember what the fucking phrasing was. Cause I remember I had this phrasing down and I remember I told it to our photographer and he was like, Ooh, but it just didn't work out that way. Well, it seems like you've got a really good idea on how to like push an, a band or to push the marketing ideas of a band by keeping these, the art and the story tied into each other, which is a fucking great, you know, way to go about it. Dude, creating lore helpful. is the most interesting thing you could do, yeah. I, in my opinion. Absolutely. Because you create your own universe, dude. 100%. And not all of us can be Claudio and, like, <laughs> write our own. Yeah, that dude's world, a god. But, yeah, yeah. truly. Um, another good question, and I, we kind of touched on it, but just with everything that's going on, leaving the band, all the stuff, how would you say your mental health is right now, man? Oof. That's a great question, and I'm glad that that question was asked, to be honest, because yeah. not enough people talk about it, and I feel like I've been trying to talk about that shit in my lyrics as much as possible. Um, lately, like, I'm a homebody anyway, so it wasn't necessarily super hard for me to adjust to the quarantine lockdown. However, it's it's a different story, like, choosing to stay at home. Mm-hmm. And not having anywhere to go are two completely different things. You know what I mean? When you have the opportunity to go somewhere and you choose not to, that's of your own volition. That's a that's a choice that you made to stay comfortable. But when you don't have that, when you have that option taken from you, it forces you to stay home. You know what I mean? And and that that's a completely different um, oh yeah emotion that's put behind that. But I, I mean, personally, yeah, you you feel cagey, you feel tense, you feel anxious um, about you know, those kinds of choices being taken away from you, which is rightfully so. But I mean, mental health wise, like it's, dude, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. And I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a lot more rough for other people. Like I, I do suffer from like some depression and some, some anxiety and all those kinds of things. But you know, like I have a very, uh, very loving girlfriend. I have a very strong group of friends that I've maintained since I was six. Um, and awesome. you know, they make sure to check up on me. We, we talk all the time. We fucking, go crazy on cod like every night um so you've been doing the twitch thing pretty regularly people can see you on there no i've been yeah. i've been trying dude I, I i did a couple of twitch sessions of me making beats what's your my, twitch tag uh strawberry trap i'm okay. strawberry trap everything bro yeah. yeah everything um but uh like my computer is just not cutting it anymore so i think i'm gonna upgrade and then then start pushing it heavy because it's so fun like the first one i did was incredibly fun and yeah. it's, it's, it makes, it's, you know, like in a situation where there's not a lot of new, uh, uh, stimulation, not a lot of new ideas being brought to you because you're sort of stuck in the house and the only window you have is the window on your cell phone on Twitter. Like it's refreshing yep. to talk to people and it's exciting, but mental health wise, you know, man, I'm trying to like, I don't want to say like, Oh my God, I'm doing terrible or, Oh my God, I'm doing great because no one's doing great right now. No one's no one is is completely okay with the way the world is right now. To be honest, dude, there are so many issues happening right now, socially, 
whether it be from police brutality or it be from um, abductions of children or whether it be from uh, voter suppression or whether it be uh, just respect towards women. Like there's, there's so many more issues that are more important than me waking up on the wrong side of the bed. You know what I mean? Yep. And that should hopefully make people start to wake up on the right side of the bed when they realize that, you know, my situation, dude, dude, it's even, you know, with all, with a lot of the musicians, it's like, well, sure. I haven't been able to work. I haven't been able to go and do my thing, but you know, living Mm -hmm. in a place like New York city, it's like, well, I'm not working, but at least, you know, I'm not getting hurt. I'm not getting beaten up. I'm not, you know, exactly. And you can go and you can witness and you can watch. But even when I do, I'm not a target. Um, exactly, so man. Not, like, you know, I am just a, being a, a half black fucking bisexual vocalist in a in a metalcore scene that is like very uh, predominantly like not that. It's it's a strange position to be in because okay. I do see things differently than most people do. And I just have a big fucking mouth, dude. I have a big fucking mouth. I'm hard headed as shit. I'm super sarcastic. So I don't let fucking shit slide. Like, dude, like there's there's just no there's just no room for it anymore. Like people people get put down off of just for being the way that they fucking are. Like yeah. there's no fucking room for that shit anymore. If you want to be a bigot, if you want to be a misogynist, you want to be a fucking racist, you want to be yeah. a fucking homophobe. Dude, there's no room for you anywhere. Like anywhere, no, not, not just in heavy music, just anywhere in general. Not in the workplace, not in the fan, like anywhere, man. The shit needs to fucking go. Yeah, I had a a time on a tour not that long ago where I had a confrontation with someone because um, I got called the f word and oh. uh, and that's my that's my trigger word because being I grew mm-hmm. up in a small town I did wear girls clothes I was mm-hmm. a scene kid I was a the- I stopped playing sports to do musical theater I got called that every day and oh yeah it's just if you don't if you don't say something in that moment and have and believe me it turned into a big ordeal where like everyone was discussing it where I was just like you can like I can call you a bitch you can call me things but you can't call me that like mm-hmm. that, uh, we're not going to go there yeah dude and that's, all that's all, not cool like, at all hopefully that person takes that with them next time and like maybe removes that from their vocabulary. I would hope so. But you know, I'm, you know, I can only imagine the situation that you've been in because you know, the reality is in the metal core scene is it's not very diverse and you know, very diverse, but that's not necessarily like, it's not necessarily the scene's fault. No, we're a small scene. It's it's a a very, very small small community. You know, it's a minority community in the, in the entire world, essentially. Yep. Like, and, and that's not, the scene's fault. You can't blame heavy music for the fans that it attracts. You and know there's I mean? lots of people that don't want inclusivity because it's their niche, cool little thing that no one else had, which is whether it's the kids that liked Marilyn Manson when I was young or whatever, like everyone wants their own niche group. But the more, you know, kind and inclusive we are, the better and a more prosperous scene that we will continue to have. And that's been shown time and time again. And there's been a lot of really beautiful, positive scenes that have generated great movements, whether it be the early Krishna scenes, you know, mm-hmm. the consistent straight edge waves, or just these moves where people are actually generating open conversation about their sexuality and wanting to, um, or, you know, race relations, anything where they just want to be honest with themselves, be honest with everyone around them. And it does truly make things better. Because, yeah, without a doubt, you know, dude. Like conversation there's, there's, is important. It's so easy. It's so easy yeah. to just write somebody off. It's Absolutely. so easy to just say, oh, well, I had a bad experience with a guy like this one time. So, you know, fuck them. You know what I mean? It's such an easy 
like cheap fucking cop out of a reason to fucking feel uh, any way. Absolutely. That doesn't make it okay. <laughs> that doesn't make it the right move to make. That doesn't mean that you are better than using your brain and fucking figuring out what like what the logical move is. Like, and I understand, like, dude, heavy music, like the, the one thing that pisses me the fuck off about it that has always driven me crazy is like like you said, everybody wants it to be their own niche where they are the ones that are in on it and not everyone else is in on it. And I, they, they feel like it makes them like more uh, like spicy or like a more exclusive yep. kind of person. And it's like, okay, well, check this out, right? So what was the, the last big wave of heavy bands? And by big wave, I mean massive, massive, massive wave. Because if you ask me, it's when bands like Korn were coming around and they were collabing with rappers and they were collabing with Rick Rubin type producers. Yep. And we had different cultural elements being brought to different musical styles, creating entirely new waves. Like that's to me, that right there is proof that one idea and one uh, philosophy of something will never be better than a collection of thoughts and ideas put together Absolutely. from different areas. You know, and sometimes you try to build a website to get a bunch of people to collaborate, and then you have a grand scheme where it's going to get even bigger and greater, and you're going to bring the whole fucking musical world together, Ooh. and then I'm going to be rich, motherfucker! <laughs> Pinky rings galore. <laughs> it's coming. Dude, if you if you get hella, hella rich... I need I need a, a chain that says I was there when it started. Dude, one hundred percent. I want to get so rich that I can send all the original one fifty like Pokemon a chain. Yes, <laughs> yes. Give me a holographic card, bro. Dude, please. You, oh, how dope would that be, though? That would be sick. That'd be fucking beast, dude. But I mean, like, it, it's just one of those things. Like, yep. nobody is nobody is really better than anybody. Nobody really is cooler than anyone to be honest. That's all that's all fake shit. Like people come up to me when I was in the band and I, it was evident that they saw me as somebody larger than just being a normal person. And I would always have to remind them. What I'd be like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing really. I just like sit around and like hang out, smoke weed, play video games, like skateboard a little." I'm like, "Dude, we do the same thing." <laughs> yep. I sit around, I smoke weed, I play some video games, I uh, I eat food, sometimes I skateboard watch a lot of YouTube and fuck around on Twitter. Like the only, there's, there's nothing different between us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. People just need to realize that. Like there's, it's so easy to be friends with people. Well, I think all the kids that are listening to this that are fans of yours, they're going to definitely feel a little more comfortable approaching you after this and definitely have (laughs) a good understanding because, you know, and if I don't respond, as, that's because I was stoned or it's because I got anxious and I'll get back to you eventually. Yeah, that's, you know, you do get a lot of messages and people do. But I think, you know, it's nice that you'll you'll care and you'll go out there and you'll try to talk to people even after stepping away from the limelight, you know, which is yeah, dude. very kind of you. So, the dude, last, <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, go ahead, please. No, I was, I was just going to say, like, like, I just don't like if there's anything that listeners can get from any appreciation they had of me and my position in the band, in the scene, um, being a performer. Um, it's that number one, you can talk about whatever you want between, in my personal opinion, the only other lyricist out there in, in our specific lane of heavy music that was even beginning to scratch the surface on emotional values and emotional feelings was Kublai Khan. 
And the yeah. way they do it is beautiful. And you know what? He talks about it every single set. And it was an inspiration to watch him, and it was an inspiration to watch them on tour every single fucking night and learn from them and get those those moral uh, little like micro lessons like crammed into a set full of music I already love. Matt so is there's as real that, as they come. dude. He's the realest of all fucking time. Yeah. So there's that, and then on the other side of things, don't fucking ever let anyone push you to do some shit you don't want to do. If you want to do it, do it because it feels right. Don't do it because it feels like. You're not going to be cool if you don't do it, or you're not going to get any retweets if you don't do it, or you're not going to um, ever get that record deal if you if you don't do it. Listen to fucking Tool, bro. They're the weirdest fucking band in the world, and people fucking love that shit because they're weird as fuck and they're them. Yep. You know what I mean? So you those have to be two an individual always yeah. remain an individual, and also fuck cops. <laughs> oink oink. And smoke weed too. Uh, there's there's my top four. Yo, cook some motherfucking bacon, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck the ops. You know? Well, actually, I'm I'm a police officer. No, I'm not a okay, Stop I it. I know. It was, was a setup. It was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got me to admit I smoke weed on air. I know. Dude, isn't well, I guess well, you're not in Philly. You said you're in Jersey. So it's yeah, not I'm in Jersey they now. actually it's, yeah, they've always hated weed in New Jersey. Um yeah, we're gonna dude. be New York and New Jersey will be some of the last to go legal because we dude, have we have corrupt ass. Check ass this states. out though, bro. Check this out. New Jersey put the, the vote on the presidential ballot. Shit. Left it up to the public. So November thirty first or November whatever the fucking date is, that's when the vote is is getting counted. I hope that shit happens in New York. That would be wild. <sighs> So you can Bro. get your you can get your legal card or your uh, medical card, but they don't got any herb at it. So. Yeah, but we rough. found a way around that. <laughs> I have a system. That's on the DL. You only know if you're not a bitch. <laughs> um, but dude, last question I got for you out of these ones from Facebook. Hit me, man. Top five artists that aren't core. Oh, that is a great question. Um, Fun one to go out on. Yeah. Hmm. Top five non-core artists. Hmm. Part of me wants to say Kanye, but I fucking hate his guts nowadays. Um, Unless it's all a grand scheme, right? Yeah, but even then, some of the shit he says just rubs me wrong. But I, well, like, I, like I said, insane. man, even if he's a but, dickhead, like I still yeah. can't take away his musical talent because he Agreed. is fucking insane. Um, but Isaiah Rashad is probably one of my favorite artists. He's a rapper from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I do not know who that is. Oh my God, dude. He's on the same label as Kendrick Lamar and uh, schoolboy Q. He is fucking incredible, bro. After this, I'll, I'll link you his, his albums, man. You'll fucking love him. Um, so Isaiah Rashad, um, I'm a huge, huge fan of the strokes and a huge fan of Interpol. Okay. Yeah, dude. Interpol is probably Brilliant. one of my favorite bands. Yeah, dude. I have Obstacle 1 and Obstacle 2 tattooed on both my ankles, man. I fucking no love shit. that band, dude. Yeah, yeah that, that was a band that I got. There were kids in my high school that were into that band, and I, I slept mm-hmm. on it a bit. And now as an older person, I was like, man, those kids were so cool. Like, it was like It was like <laughs> nerds who knew Interpol yeah. and nobody else did. It was like kids that were jazz kids and then were like, no, this is the good rock. And then I was yeah, like, dude. fuck. But I was Interpol listening to from great. first to last. So oh yeah, from first to last, yeah. fucking incredible. <laughs> like, dude, that that's another one of those bands that's like timeless for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I, I would probably say, um, 
God, I fucking love Drake, dude. I know I'm a light skin, and I have to say that for my light skins out there, but like, <laughs> I fucking love him, bro. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. Um, Drizzy is great. Um, huge fan of Jay Z. Huge fan of Isaiah Rashad. Huge fan of pretty much all rappers. Um, the Strokes, Interpol, Tokyo Police Club is fantastic. Sick. Uh, Block Party, fucking incredible band. Um, but I also really, really love like just straight up like Errol Gardner, like just piano jazz records. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Where there's there's no no vocals at all, and it's just this beautiful, uh, sad but you know um, somewhat inspirational piano progressions and shit. I, I really just find that kind of shit beautiful, man. Anything that moves me, like it doesn't it doesn't really have to be any particular genre because I'm open to trying anything. Like, even Lil Nas X, dude, I wrote him off so fucking hard when Old Town Road came out. I was like, this yeah. shit is trash, this shit is garbage, it's a joke, blah, blah, blah. And then he put out his EP7. Every song besides Old Town Road is a fucking banger. I'll have to listen to it. Banger. I've never listened to it myself. Oh, talk, dude. The kid is mad talented. Old Town Road is barely scratching the surface for that kid. So, you know, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need that hit. Just to get the yeah. rest of it out there, you know? So Absolutely. So, I mean, you know I don't know if I have favorites, but I love everything, man. That was great. Well, dude, I hope you had fun on the fucking show today. Um, <laughs> it's so fun, It man. was a pleasure. Hold on one second, and I'll say goodbye to you off the air. But any last words for the people? Last words for the people? Fuck cops. Listen to Loathe. Listen to Code Orange. <laughs> um uh, my cash app is strawberry. Tra- oh no, it's Travis C. Tabron. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, if you want to make music, let's do it. Um, if you're a rapper, if you're an R and B singer, if you want to be in a rock band, if you want to be in a metalcore band, anything, any kind of music you make, I'd love to work on it with you. Um, and be kind. Just be kind. It's fucking. It's it's hard sometimes, but it's not as hard as you think. I love it. What a way to end, dude. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, appreciate you being on the show. Hold on one second. And I'll say bye to you off the air, buddy. Of course, my man. Thank you again for everything. Of course. Pleasure. All right, there it is, another week of Getting Tucked. Thank you all for coming back and listening every week. Thank you to Travis for being my guest. I am always open to suggestions, so people who are listening out there or people who want to submit their songs for the mid-roll mosh, send it to gettuckthepodcast at gmail.com. Dead Culture, thank you very much for being heavy this week and bringing the breakdowns. Um, to leave you this week, we have South of One by Varials featuring Brendan Murphy of Counterparts. He is another amazing vocalist that you can work with on FeaturedX.com. So again, go check that out. Tune in next Wednesday for the next episode. And I hope you all get
Just a game Just a fucking game You forget I walk this path